Yo, what's up? We're back. It's first smoke of the day. It's episode 50. Pat God's here. I'm here with my co-host, Blackleaf. What up, what up? And we got a super special guest in the building, my man, Squints. What's Yo. good, brother? What up, fellas? Bro, so Squints was episode 12. For anybody that didn't know, when we were audio only, we were an audio only show. He came down, held us down while we were a new show, and we knew it was only right to run it back on video. Um, it was a big episode, and people love that one for sure. I learned a lot in that episode. So with this episode, we'll, you know, with what we know now and how we much better we know each other now, we'll yeah. run it and get into all that, which yeah. is super dope, man. You have, you got so many dope stories. Yeah. How crazy is this, right? Everyone knows the movie The Sandlot. I got to get into that. Yeah, of I course. mean, it's like literally something I watch American probably classic. every week. You know, so like, classic. I mean, once a month, it's in a staple for anyone who's a movie. I used to be called movies. That was my nickname. So like. That's like one of my staple movies I watch all the time. And to think like, yo, that kid, the kid who grew up to make his way through the weed industry, this industry is for everybody and anybody, meaning like it's such a crazy industry. And to think that your career path and that the kid we want, you know, and then to grow up the way you did and to have the life where you navigated through L.A. and the weed scene, it's crazy, bro. Like the first episode, I was like mind blown by, I mean, honestly, your life story is, is an interesting one. You couldn't make that shit up. No, nah, for real. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's, that's what we find in life with like, you know, when they say man plans and God laughs shit. is like, you can't make this shit up. You know what I mean? I could yeah. never imagine that this would lead to this, to this, but it's cool to, to tell that story. Cause, uh, you know, a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know. And even that the brand, my brand personally is becoming more more uh common knowledge like people still don't know that that's not just some person oh, these using guys your... threw a squints bag and did this and and that's that you know what i mean not like yo these fools really grow weed and have been doing mm -hmm. it for a long time and are part of the business you know what i mean and so know cool what tell good that weed is really yeah. know what good weed is yeah i mean we just i'd like to think so you know but Absolutely, yeah. bro. That's rare, though, when you're talking celebrities, when you're talking anybody that they don't deem from the industry. But then you realize, oh, this dude's from the industry. And then you realize, holy shit, this is some of the better weed I've ever seen on the rec market, let alone some of the best weed I've seen in L.A., in my opinion. Like it, this, this batch that I'm smoking on right now is absolutely phenomenal. Well, thank you. That that uh, every flower that I brought today came straight from my personal spot. So every bit of it is is me. Like that Wendy was, I bought that, hunted that, picked it, grew it. And then that's a, a like a, a real representation of like something coming full circle from my idea to end product concept. So yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you enjoy that. Amazing, bro. Yeah. For real. What, like, how old were you when you started realizing like, all right, I'm going to get into growing? Uh, So... I started smoking in like junior high days, obviously not like as a heavy, heavy smoker, but I had my first, my first dance with, with, with her, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Around then and the stories that came off of that, but around like 17, 18 ish, when we started moving around and having cars, when the skateboarding kind of took a backseat to the girls and, and yep. the partying um, a little bit, uh, she became like a big part of my life and I got like obsessed with cannabis. And then at the time it was like all like marijuana horticulture and high time stuff. It was the early, early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. So the game was completely different. You know what I mean? And, uh, but I had that, 
that mindset where I'm like, yo, I'm fucking into this. So like I was out there, you know, trying to keep fucking BC packs and like doing weird shit and just trying it out, building little closet setups. And then, and then, uh, in Oh one, I, uh, I think I got my script in Oh one from Dr. Eidelman. And then I decided to build a room, um, some cats from, uh, cats that were affiliated with Cottonmouth Kings down in like the nice. South Bay. They, uh, he had a hydro store. And so he sold me the equipment I built my first room with a little four lighter, a little flood and drain, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then, uh, and they gave me like a bull rider cut, I think is what I was running. Ooh, okay. So, which was dope to have then. Cause it was super popping in like the South, South Bay, South Southern Los Angeles area. You know what I mean? And that's a cool group to be associated with, like just a crew that's yeah, like that's pretty. They were popping for that hydro time. weed, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Early on, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So that that helped. I, it was a total disaster, by the way, because <laughs> I wasn't. I don't think I was mentally. I was twenty years old, twenty twenty one years old, um, and uh, I wasn't mentally prepared for cultivation. You know, I wasn't ready to to put that much time and effort into it. You know. And uh, just had bad results. And then I built another one. And then, you know, yeah, things kind of changed. It's tough. And I, I can't imagine being, I mean, when you're get, that Get young, into that. I mean, yeah. what, what you know, tell us what you mean by that. Like, what, uh, you, I mean, it's full commitment. I didn't, I didn't live at my first spot. So it was in somebody else's house. Um, so I was kind of like, I guess I was phoning it in. But like, I had the basic knowledge of how to be successful at it. But we would just run into hiccups, bro. It's not mm -hmm. like now, like I didn't have a troll master that's giving me phone alerts or anything else. And it was still pretty early on where like, you know, you were just kind of setting them up and letting them go at that point. You know, it wasn't like a lot of prune game or doing anything else. There was no like, okay, I understand how to build this and I have all the right pieces, but maybe structurally they're not in the right, the ingredients aren't in the right order. So you're not getting, getting the right recipe, you know? Yeah. So it was kind of just a, a learning curve of like, uh learning step by step how to get through a cycle and produce produce some good weed you know early on that shit was rough like i would i mean i spent money to build that spot and never got a run out of it that shit happened a couple times where like Ooh. you attempted to like try to like you know what i mean spend some money to do something and that shit just didn't work out you know what i mean from for many reasons huh for like because the landlord because oh, of you this, never know because, yeah you know what i mean yeah the shit could have got you know an inspection the next day or something could have happened or you know, you fall asleep at the wheel and just fucking tank the fucking room and like mm -hmm. you can't keep going or like that shit that shit used to happen in these little small garage, six lighter, four lighter setups, you know, um, that evolved into the houses that evolved into the warehouses. Um, but it was all just like one step, one step after another, you know, um, I was passionate, but I didn't have I was a kid, bro. I had some money. I was running around. I was still acting. Um, I was, you know, I was serving. So like that shit was like, yeah extra shit you know what i mean yeah. you want the weed I mean, more than you want the job yeah you're like oh this well, job you just didn't understand that it. it was like that yeah. kind of job you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and now it's like i work you know seven days a week 24 hours a day more or less in some regard if i'm not thinking about it or doing it or or picking up a phone call about it then i didn't know it was like that you know what i mean obviously the scale is bigger now but yeah even so like you can't you can't sleep on a tent you can't sleep on anything because anything can happen in cultivation it's the only it's the only thing where you can do everything right and, and still lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yo, and you I can be argue. really fucking good at it too. <laughs> and still have bad runs. 
There's big facilities still out be there like, I'm getting these for 15, man. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, my partners tell me all the time, can't keep changing everything. I'm all, yeah, and we are. We're just going to keep changing it because that's the way it goes, bro. You build them and then you fucking tear them down and build them again. And until you're happy with it, you just keep going, you know? What do you think about how fast the market's moving now? Oh, I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, I'm enjoying it, bro, to be honest. Like, I'm at a place in my life now where, like, it's all good. We're comfortable in who we are and what we do. And I think people have responded enough to that well. And luckily, we're not trying to find ourselves anymore at this place. I think we found ourselves as our brands and our company. And, and, uh, we're just going to continue to, to put out flour and cultivate and do what we do. So it's comfortable for me right now, regardless. Obviously, it's, it's, you know, been, financially a little bit of a burden recently um but uh you know the market that came before this one was not expected to ever happen again either and because of this covid circumstances things changed right yeah and it went and then you know just like everything else in the world right now is experiencing that fucking vacuum pulling back right but uh i think it's good man i think that you know look Everybody knows what mids is. Everybody knows what PM looks like. You know, outdoors having a hard time selling, which I feel terrible for those farmers. But just know that the world's market is getting way more knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. They can see. And if they haven't really uh, tasted it yet, that, that, that'll happen soon for them, too. And everything is everywhere. So the consumer, this is the best time to be a, a weed smoker, right? Mm-hmm. As a connoisseur. And maybe it's not like the small batch stuff that we've been used to, you know what I'm saying? Being part of the, the, the culture, but in real time, they get to taste more flavors than they ever have and more different looks. And, and, and that's an amazing thing, bro. Like it is the end of the day, my heart has been with the plant itself and it's not, I do this, didn't start to do this for money or anything else. Cause I wanted to smoke fire weed and make fire weed and really dive into that. So I'm I'm cool with it. I'm happy with the way it is. And I think that, you know, there's more breeding projects and more collaboration than ever before. And that's so exciting because we were so segregated from each other as as a business and as a culture itself, because, you know, you weren't really openly able to speak about these things, you know, and everybody in the game doesn't come from a place where like it was okay to, to show your hand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. you kept it like yeah. this and only like inner circles. So, you know, you can't grow until like there's open communication between the industry and we can see everything and really like, yo, I see Ivan innovating and changing the game and we can jump on that and take the pieces we like and, and move to the next one. You know what I mean? And, and that's how an industry evolves. So I think it's good for the consumer. And as long as it's good for the consumer, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's weeding out a lot of people too. Uh, not to say that's good or bad, just it's weeding out a lot of people who um, are going to struggle over the next couple of years. So it's going to come back. The market will come back because there's going to be 20%, 30% people who end up going into a different industry. That's, that's happening. Already. If it was just a raw investment business into a cultivation or, or just not like a big MSO or something, mm-hmm. it's a loss, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It can be a loss at any moment. And, and that's not for everybody. You know what I'm saying? And so those people don't need to be here anyway. And I tell people all the time, you know, people have tried to offer us money in the past or tried to be, I want to get into the weed game. And I let them know it's, it's, it's not it's for not you. What you think? Don't, I said, you like money? Just take that stack and go set it on fire or something. And then, and then see what sticks. Cause you're better off going to fucking play roulette and putting it on a number and, and seeing what happens. It'll be quicker and less painful. 
<laughs> and your yeah. chances of winning might be the same, you Dude. know, realistically, you know. But if you want to be part of the business and yeah. you love cannabis and you want to actually wake up every day and that's what you want to do as a career, then, then you know, you might make it through, you know. At this point of the game, you got to love it. You have to. Gotta love you it. You have to. It's hard work, bro. Even when it's just mental work, if you're not physically turning Before the knobs. it was like this new emerging industry. So it was like, you it's know, exciting. Exciting to want to yeah. hop into. But then, like you said, people find out quick, you know, you really got to love it. Yeah, Otherwise, bro. it's not going to make sense. It's not authentic. She you know? knows. The plant knows, bro. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. What well, they say? Ball don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Ball don't lie, bro. That's it. You know what I'm saying? She'll, she'll chew you up and spit you out in a second, bro. Have you running around talking to yourself somewhere else? You can't take it. You know what I mean? It ain't for you. Well, and I think let's go back to like to touch on that. When you I think it takes you having a good run for you to get excited about putting in the work. So like a couple of runs, you're young, you're trying to figure it out. And then you get that good run when you put in the work and, and it almost sets the standard of like, damn, am I now not going to put in the work to get this? Yeah. It, it took for, for, for like, you know, just come, it took me like having an excellent run to be like, God, this isn't that. Why don't I have that? And then to set that standard for you to be like, I got to go after this. It, 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 uh, it definitely motivated me to be like, oh shit. And I seen a million things that I fucked up on that one. Right. So if I see that many gaps to close and my mind's like, oh, cool. We made excellent product. Now let's see that we can close these little gaps and get even better. Right tighten it up and then so it's just a constant like that's my my real drive is to just i'm chasing the ghost car around the track dog constantly you know what i'm saying best lap and that's cultivation to me it's just like perfect run and and it never happens and it's always something but like just that balance of like chasing that perfect run it's like the perfect wave or anything else that's what that's what fuels me in the garden to just be like it, it could be better it could be better you know we could get better you know um so that's you know it drives me i love that i love chasing myself so Tough. that's really all we got you know what i mean it's like oh for sure so it's like continuous progression yeah and you, you know, go back and you go forward through a know? consistent basis yeah you just gotta you just gotta keep keep at it and just keep keep with it and keep changing and keep getting better you know go two steps forward one step back and then and then redo it again but that's the she's evolving you know she's turning into what she's supposed to through us like we're just artists yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's we're an instrument. That's the fucking that's the medium that's coming through. And we're just you know, turning the knob, setting the plants, set it back up, let's do it again. It's well said. Mm -hmm. It's tough anytime you're you're dealing with a live plant and your production method is based on something that's alive at all times. There's a lot of things like, hey, let's make socks. It's like, well, you just buy yarn. And there's so many processes, there's so many businesses that have nothing to do with anything that's alive. So now you add that factor where Three days from now, if you don't do something to that, it dies. You can't put it in the corner and Your say in a month is, we're going to come back to that. Is yeah. done. You're done, done. And, and it can, it can go wrong at any moment. Yep. At any point in the game, they can fuck up the end game, grow a perfect harvest, this and that, and then just be storing it improperly in between and just have like a mediocre project. Yeah. You know there, what I mean? There's no, there's no plant or crop, I should say, like cannabis either. Nothing. In the sense of where. Most things are grown outdoors, mm -hmm. our greenhouse. Yeah. Like what's grown, you know, and a lot, a lot. Of, Not I, you on know, production to have Yeah, quality. nothing, damn near. So it's interesting to, to see nothing that and, and how far it's sped up. Oh, yeah. Since the 2020, you know, yeah. jump. 
to where, you know, people say what they want about renames, but it's almost been necessary in this market because if not, like the, the way we production is goes, it just, it doesn't add up yeah. to the timelines of what people want and how they want packaging to change, flower to change, this to change, everything to change. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Almost like the music well, industry they're like, now, they're like but new, it's different new little kids and stuff. You know what I mean? So they just want to keep the next hot thing, the next hot thing, but that shit's got to, the dust got to settle because this is a, this is, you know, we're working on nine month timeframes of like creating, creating a, a, of creating a new skew basically. Right. Yeah. Especially from a flower standpoint, if you're could be a year and a half, if you're actually doing breeding projects, you know what I'm saying? And waiting for that. But if you're just hunting other gear or even just getting a new hot cut that you're going to put into production, it's nine months out, bro. No matter how good you do, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Unless I can get a bunch of them, but it's just a numbers game. I got to get one that turns into 10 that turns into fucking, you know what I mean? Turns into 200. Now I can run a, now I can run half a room or a row. And then we move on from there. If it works, and then you you might just fucking ah I didn't like it yeah <laughs> just start over yeah, again you know what I'm saying it's to a, a point where people are like oh man we love this and you got like an ounce and they're like when can we smoke one you're like in a couple you know three to four months we'll have a bunch around it's like more three to four more months it's like yeah we only have one plan of it yeah now it's got to become the whole room yeah 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 yeah, it's, yeah it's you're crazy. like a year out bro don't get too excited you know what I'm saying like. Before <laughs> motherfuckers are like, we'll take as many of these as you got. I was like, okay, when we have as many of them as you want, we'll we'll talk about it later, <laughs> like down the road sometime. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Uh, it's tough, you know. It um, is. But that's the beauty of cannabis, bro. Because there's nothing else like it. Nothing with so many terp profiles, with so many different varieties. There's no other plant like that. No. You know what I mean? Definitely it just, not. It, it just. It's complex. Super. The flavor of it's complex. Everything. You know. It's pretty surreal. It's a very grown up. It's a very grown up thing. You can grow it in the same block, in the same city, in the same, in two different buildings or in two different rooms, and it's going to come out different. Every time. Very few things that'll, you can, you can make the same textiles in a different country and come out the same. If it has the same inputs, right? There's a, it doesn't matter if you have the same exact inputs, the environmental, the slight, it'll come out different. And like, there's very few things in the world like that, where just taking it to somewhere else, even grown under the exact same conditions will change everything about it, you know? And it's a high price commodity. We could be partners running a spot together and I could go on vacation and the work could be different. She reacts different to, to you or me Mm -hmm. or to somebody else into our energy, our timing. I mean, I have no other way. I usually just say energy because I feel like we all transfer uh, energy back and forth to each other in some way and the planet itself as well, obviously, you know? But like our timing, everything's different. Mm-hmm. So you could run the same light, same room, same strain. I could have vegged it for you and gave it to you, but somehow your work is, it's different than mine because you did things just a little bit different, you know? And uh, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, there's no other, there's nothing else that can be cultivated that, that really is like that as far as I'm concerned, you know? Yeah. Every other industry is kind of standardized and I don't know that cannabis, I mean, I guess it can be, but not not like for it to have its full expression you know not for not for people that uh are looking for the full experience Mm -mm. you know if you're just like doing it to do it then sure you know maybe we'll see some brands that are gonna be in every corner store right but yeah you know for the people that want that variety and that are really into it you know it's kind of like i guess wine i don't know you would say like something like that you know where there's there's complex depth into what you could take it to. 
by how experienced you are. I think that there's going to be the cool part about cannabis is I think there's a bigger connoisseur market than wine has. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that it'll lean more, more towards the craft side of it because people will right away want to experience a higher version of it than like mm. there's some, there's a good portion of the market. I'm not sure how much, but I'm sure it's in the, my brain would just say like 70 to 80% of wine drinkers will never evolve a wine palette to know the difference between this, this or that, or want to even jump up to a Camus or then another level of like boutique. Yeah. You know what I mean? There ain't yeah. too many sommeliers. I think there will be more wannabe weed sommeliers than <laughs> there will be like, you know what yeah. I mean? Or people that are passionate about it that mm -hmm. like, we, I think we have a better market for that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like Hands more down. people are hip it's on more it. Variety. It's endless creations. It's cool. It's batch by batch. Yeah. It's another thing that's like, yeah, you know, you really can't compare even the strain the when it's grapes. like the, yeah, exactly. This vineyard doesn't. These grapes change constantly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I yeah. like that a lot. Evolving creative space. Was there a guy cool. around you at the time when you first started growing that sparked that like who changed it for you, sparked some passion in you? I mean, meaning like just was like had the fire weed all the time and you were always like, damn, this guy's like, was there, you know what I'm saying? The, the motivator. Was there that guy for um, you? Or was it kind of like, I got to figure this out on my own? I mean, Manny, Manny put me on, bro. That's what it is from Green okay. Dragon. Manny put me on, dog. You know, gotcha. I ran the shop for him. Shout um, out to Manny. Yeah. Green shout Dragon. Out, shout out Big Manny. Um, yeah, I'm Green Dragon. That's a Realistically, staple. Manny gave me an opportunity to see things at scale super early in this last 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. So, uh, busy ass shop. A um, couple hundred lights on site. Mad concentrate. We were kind of running the whole wholesale thing. We were one of the first ones with the with the with the oil, you know, like good oil, Fire OG. gold oil, like OG, yeah. big time. Yeah. So, so and I ran this and I ran the shop, bro. So I knew all the players and I knew the whole game and I had my like my finger on the pulse, homie, of the LA of the northern LA scene. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a great like light speed education of like. You know, it, I don't even think people knew like how good of an opportunity that was for me because at a time still when like growers didn't know each other, you know, certain groups knew each other, but mm -hmm. we knew everybody because they were bringing work into the shop. Damn. So I could almost like, not only could I pick everybody's brain because they respected it and I was buying work, but I could actually move the game into a certain direction because I could be like, yo, we think you should do this. And we think that, you know, you should do this. And if you do this, then, then, you know, it would be mutually beneficial for us. And, you know, as a cultivator, all you want is a solid connect to buy the product. And, uh, and it gave me a really good opportunity to start. Like, you know, when people didn't know what other people were doing, I knew what everybody was doing because they were bringing <laughs> me work. <laughs> I was sitting there looking at the packs yeah. and be like, damn, what'd you do different dog? What's this? You know what I'm saying? Or what's that? Like every little step that we had or little thing was because I got that uh that little multiple experience from running retail, you know? And now but, you're seeing uh, yeah, buyers. You know, big shouts to Manny. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely, we together created something cool over there. And yeah. I was as much of a part of it as he was. But he did, uh, he did give me the keys to the castle to fucking really become who I am today in this cannabis industry. You know what I mean? So that's fucking shouts to the Shouts to the homie for, for putting me on and, and giving me the opportunity. Is that how you 
when you started your first grow, is that how you were like, I'm going to start getting into the growing in? Um, no, I was already growing. So I came to Manny growing already. I came to sell him some packs through like a common friend, um, at the shop. And then at some point my boy had known him for years, you know, and I was just off being Chauncey, doing my own thing, trying to play cards or trying to grow weed or trying to be, you know, whatever it was at the moment. And, uh, and then at some point my boy Dietrich was like, he told Manny, yo, I think that, uh, he was transitioning from one place from their Van Nuys store to the, to the Varna spot that they're at now. And he was like, I had took him a pack and he was like, I think that, uh, I think that you guys could be really good for each other. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, my boy has some, some, uh, a skill set that would definitely, you know, help out. And that was it. So I, uh, I Big thought ups. that it was a good opportunity for me as well. So I went to see Manny about it and then started out like bud tending and being on the floor and then managing and then, you know, into like real managing, which is like overseeing a micro business basically. You know what I mean? We had, I mean, you know, you're familiar with us. So we had a big clonery on site. Like yep. I was doing things that people, people didn't get to do yet. You know what I mean? I'm carrying any given moment. I might have thousand grams of shatter in my hand or fucking, fucking trays on trays of OG cuts coming down the stairs to fucking right out to the, to the, to the patients. You know what I mean? So, uh, it was a really fast paced accelerator, you know? And so people know too, this is in the Mecca of cannabis in the Valley and a staple in the Valley, just to give you like, you know, this isn't just like another shop in LA. This is like one of the top shops in LA that puts out genetics, flower extracts, their OG extracts. When I, when we came to LA, we're already like, you got to try their OG. Like we, you know, a decade later, still known for their OG extracts, Mm -hmm. you know, off their in-house OG strains. I still keep a cut of their in-house OG, like legendary shop, just for reference for a lot of people, you know? Yeah, it was a big opportunity. So, but gambling, time. gambling came in, was still in play. You're saying so? You still played yeah. cards back then? Uh, it took a backseat to cannabis once I was like, once I was on the wheel. You know what I'm saying? And when I say on the wheel of like, once I I lost grip of the hamster wheel that just continued <laughs> to fucking. Then I had I had, <laughs> I got bored of gambling because it didn't it didn't entertain me anymore. You know what I mean? And I didn't need the money from it. So it became something that wasn't worth my time anymore. I actually just got back from Vegas, though. I just played a WSOP tourney over the weekend. And uh, it was my first time playing a tournament in like seven years. Oh. Yeah. So I played the housewarming, which was like their $500 uh, first event of the series. So it's a low buy-in, but they got 18,000 players in four days. Wow. Yeah. So first place ended up being like 700,000, but it went over the guarantee and it was like a eight, eight point eight million prize pool, you know? So it's a really, it's Expl- a slot machine. Explain that. A, like, how does that work? Okay. So, uh, so they do four day ones basically, and you can re-enter, you can re-enter once a day, but it's like a big tournament. And the tournament is pretty fast for people that don't know that like tournament speed. So it's kind of like a turbo structure, but, uh, it's really good value because there's nowhere else that you're going to put $500 in and, and run good for a few days and end up with 700 racks, you know? So, uh, I went out there to Vegas to play that. And, um, I ended up cashing. I ended up six, like six fifty six out of 18,000 players from all those day ones. So that's great. Yeah. It's three, three, four percent of the field, bro. It's yeah. great. I got unlucky on day two and never caught, I never won a hand the next day and that was it, you know, lines caught up and I was mm-hmm. out, but, uh, 
it felt good to be back there playing tournaments. Tournaments are fun. You take smoke breaks while you're playing or no? I did. So luckily they moved the World Series to the fucking Paris and Valleys now from the Rio because they sold the Rio property. And uh, now, so they have a smoking floor in Paris. So yeah, I was fucking roasting in my room, bro. It's still comfortable. Wow. You can go right down and then go up on a break and just be chilling, you know? It's a beautiful thing because the Rio was like no man's land, bro. It was Pokerville during the summer, but like there ain't shit to eat over there. And you don't want to stay there if you're from out of town. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, and you would be stuck because you can't leave and come back if you're in the middle of a yeah. tournament. You got like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, yeah. two hours for a dinner break, you know? Damn. Like, but if you could just walk up to your room, you're chilling, you know? So it's good yeah, for a smoker. Need, that's good. Good venue change. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> it, it went on at the Rio for so long, I yeah. guess. You know? Yeah, because you don't even think about it. But that's all the Rio was for, really, was for poker, you know? But yeah, to come back around, I did. There was a period of time in my life where I was playing tournaments for a living. Yeah. Wow. I had somebody staking me and I was, you know, I final tabled a good amount of, you know, like lower buy-in tournaments, you know. What do you, what do you, what do you th feel about the poker crowd? Cause you know, it's a big scene. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. LA, um, LA especially. Yeah. Uh, you ever get into that? It's hit or miss. So I was, I was in it when I was young. Yeah. 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 I was involved, you know, I played tournaments every day. You for see like some people years, there. Bro. You know what I'm saying? It, it'll like surprise you who years. you see wow. at these games. Some of them are still around. You I know what for I mean? sure. And then there's some big players and all types of different walks of life and different people. Yeah. I like poker crowd, bro. Poker's cool to me because it uh it calms my brain and it takes me away from everything else and makes me focus on one thing. And I'm I'm definitely a tournament uh, player. I prefer to play tournaments because there's a structure to them and there's like a strategy or a million different strategies. Cash games are like a totally different animal, you know? What but, do you uh, think? The explain the difference. Between cash games and tournaments? Um, I mean, a cash game is different in the sense that there's no like a tournament, the blinds go up and they continuously get higher. And there's a cap on how much you can win and a cap on how much you can lose because you have an entered amount. You know what I'm saying? And the time clock is forcing the action. So you, it continually speeds up because the blinds keep going and you got to keep moving, you know? And a cash game, you can have ultimate strategies too. You can have uh, a dude that plays real fast or a dude that plays real slow, but the blinds are always the same and there's always going to be another hand. And it's a really methodical like grind of like, you know, just trying to get big hands in together and make money really, you know? This is like chess and chess in the park. With exactly. the timer with where the you're time like, clock where like people are around things. you and every, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, really, it's like chess and then chess in the park on crack. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how it's done actually. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true, true. Oh, fuck. But, uh, you know, it was cool to play again. But, but once again, I'm, I think I'm at a point in my life where like with the family and the business, I don't really... I can't focus on anything else because it's, I got to, you know, it's go time over here. So that's all that is, you know, it's nice to get away. And, and it took my mind off of work for like, I was out there for five days and that was really nice. Cause I haven't taken like a break from mentally. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. Not you on could be on vacation and still like, I'm still working though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Always like it's there in my mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, there's certain times where I get to shut off and it's, it's nice to come back fresh, you know? this industry is very different from anything else i mean you're always hunting just like we were just talking about yeah. before lights camera action it was like 
you're going through like, yeah, this is an ever evolving industry. People got to get used to like, yeah, never, you're never going to just be able to grow one strain or just be able to do this or just yeah. be able to sit on your hands. Yeah, and you just like, there's, there's no time. It's just, it's in constant. That's why I call it like the hamster wheel because it's in constant motion, bro. There's no getting off once it starts. And like, if I'm doing a movie or a project, you have a start and you have a finish. And, you know, you have to do this in between. And then <laughs> even when you're acting and you're going on auditions constantly, but there's a point where you're like, yo, I'm good for this time period. I don't have anything to think about, really. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, you're not. This is like you're the project manager, the project creator, the, the everything. So it's just. Ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's but, a lot. Yeah. You know, I like that, though. That's what always drove me is like. You know, back in the day at the shop, it would be just a fucking fat ass dab of some OG oil and then fucking gone, dog. Like just, bing, 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 you know what I mean? Helping patients, phones, yeah. this, back in the grows, that. I like, you know, my mind, my mind works well like that. So, well, I mean, it shows because look, now they're opening up multiple shops and you're finding, I mean, great keepers, bro. This, this Wendy strain is absolutely phenomenal, dude. Uh, I, this is my second you. joint. I'm plowing through it. I'm loving it. Yeah. We, uh, so I think I got her like Emerald Cup a few years back and then um, popped it and only had one Fino. So it was an easy, it was an easy pick. And then uh, ran a couple plants of her and uh, had this little partial. And this is how I pick strains is like, I'll run something new or something that I bought and then try to run it. And then like, I know that I can constantly be smoking new flower or people give me flower constantly. And then I have enough of our own and of our own new shit that I never have to, like, I can't even smoke the weed that other people give me, really. You know what I mean? I just don't have enough time or enough lungs left to do it. And, uh, and if I keep going, so Wendy, I just kept going back to, you know what I mean? And it was just a little partial with some little crumbly ass nugs. And if I could be smoking brand new fire, fresh as fuck constantly, but I keep going back to this little fucking rumpled up turkey bag somewhere. I'm like, okay, she's, she works. Yeah. So I put her in again. And then, uh, you know, put her in again. Okay, she might work for production. And then we got to see her, like, over a year evolve into, you know, what she is now, which is starting to become, uh, you know, something we can hopefully keep for a while. Yeah. Absolutely what, uh, fire. What's your setup like? Like, what are you running in the grow? Um, so we run Rockwell. Um, we're from L.A. We're from the Valley. So it's always been Rockwell for us. I've ran Coco setups before, but it's not like our bread and butter, you know? Um, right now we run rock wool on slabs. Um, you know, a pretty simple, uh, pretty simple, um, fertilizer line and, uh, and, uh, and, you know, drip system, uh, Netafilm. Nice. Netafilm was a game changer. Uh, but yeah, that's our setup. We, we have rooms of every type of fucking lights you can imagine. We ran dim lux, mostly double ended. And then we've been on lux LEDs, but, uh, you know, Lux double-ended, Gavita double-ended. Um, you know, I find differences in all of them, but I've ran all those rooms, so I I kind of know what it is and how. Yeah. What lights you like the? You like the Lux? I think that Lux double-ended produced the best flower in the game. You know what I mean? I could. I, I have since I and no, I had no. I had Dim Lux, Gavitas, and Lux double-ended all at my own personal spot where I seen years worth of rooms. You know three years worth of rooms out of each one and with with strains that we run continuously and the rooms that i like the flower of the best are the lux double-ended rooms 
See, and that's the key that I like the flower of the best. No, like, well, we pulled the most out of there or we did they this. It's be- like they yield better than most too. There I mean, you the go. G- the goes hand go in back hand. and forth with like different things. So the Gavita yeah. is more of a, is more of a, uh, is more of a sidelight light, right? Cause of that reflector. It's more of a sidelight setup where you get cross light and you want to light the room. Mm-hmm. And a Lux is more of a, more of an old style reflector that is more like our old single ended HPS days where you were lighting the table. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think that, you know, single ended Hortolux still throws the best weed that you'll ever grow, you know? I mean, I we used to sit them. the fucking table, sit the, they're, they're six, eight inches off the fucking tables in the houses, bro. And in the old setups, even at green dragon and that shit grows fucking fire, bro. Mm-hmm. Big raptors. ass, fat ass, mm-hmm. fucking yeah, Raptors or Washingtons. <laughs> Washingtons were my favorite. That's it, bro. That shit grows fire ass. Super weed, close, you know. And the rooms look so different because they're so much more dim than they are now. You know, like the LED rooms are super bright, and even the double ended rooms were still bright as fuck. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm talking wall to wall. These old rooms, they were dark, bro. Yeah, the yeah, tables right were lit. That. That's, the that's lights crazy. were dropped real the low. The lights were too, dropped real so low, so they were on, like they the were movies. on the canopy. It looked like what you would think of in like Pineapple Express yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. was a little cheesy version of it. Yeah. But like you get what I'm saying? Like yeah. the dimness of it, the lighting of it. No, you know? it's true. You couldn't shoot a film in a new sh- in a, in a Yeah, new spot. you'd have to have lenses. And- yeah, that shit have bad filters, let it be. Photographers <laughs> freak out when you have them come shoot the grow. They're like, oh, my, my equipment. Oh, God. Yeah. Because there's so much light. They're like, can you turn this off? Can you turn that on? Can you double, triple? It's yeah. like, holy hell. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make for a good a good set, you know? I, I agree with you totally, man. I think, you know, and this is a conversation having a lot behind the scenes is a lot of the industry, the products are going all production based, meaning like more uh how much weed can we get off of this one plant and how cheaply can we do it versus trying to say I like finding the best weed. Finding weed that you're like, I love smoking this, I would go back to this over and over again. So like this is what we're gonna put out. That's cool. Let them do their thing. I already, I already know that's not the model, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's for them to find out. Yeah, and I'm exactly. not, I'm not going to sit here and give these fools game. Cause you guys got too big of a platform anymore to like <laughs> elaborate on that for all these MSOs. Like you heard what squint said. <laughs> <laughs> give them some game squints. For real. I know. You know I'll, drop, I'll drop a little bit for like the, for the other cats, but we can't, <laughs> we can't give too much out for these cats. It's a lot but, of tank uh, growers watching too, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, I think that we've seen that there's an ass for every seat now and that, you know, I like that (laughs) they want to race to the bottom. That's cool too. You know, Mm -hmm. um, it's not a good, I know it's not a good model, but you know, there will be skews that develop, you know, that, that, that work and that can be mass produced and that's fine. I'm I'm with that too. I think that that's something that's needed in in a market to have, to have a market, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's cool too, but that's not going to be my, my, uh, forte. No, because I just, you know, I want it to be. You don't smoke it, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I and also, like, I know that nothing lasts forever because my palate changes and it doesn't last. Like, you know, before Wendy, I loved the rainbow chip, and I'll still smoke it now, and it still smokes fire every time I hit it, but I'm not running to her. You know what I'm saying? Like, with my arms open, like I was with something else, so. That's me as a as a smoker wanting, you know, I know that my palate changes used to be OG and then I fell in love with cookies and then I, you know what I mean? Like it has evolved in that and that thing from like, that's what drives me though. It's like, oh, what's next? You know what I mean? A totally different wave, a different profile. Sometimes things come back, but, uh, you know, I like to keep it, keep it moving and on to the next. 
I think it's smart. When you're trying to find a keeper and you got a bunch of jars in front of you because you guys are ever evolving and ever, you know, hunting stuff. I know you and Foreigner, you guys, you're, I mean, I love following both of you because I like, I love watching the garden stuff you guys do. And what do you look for in a keeper? Like you got a bunch of jars in front of you. Are you just looking for stuff that you enjoy smoking or is it like, I mean, I would love to, to just look for things that I enjoy smoking, mm -hmm. but sometimes it can be like you get lucky or sometimes she doesn't check all the boxes and you know that that's never going to make it to market. And it's tough because you know, it's a production plant also. And there is like thresholds that you have to hit to make it worth putting this into production. And if it's too slow of a veg or it doesn't really work with your schedule or like, you know, it has to, hit all of these marks so mm -hmm. you know that's the that's the tough part about it there's there's always something that was better in anything i hunt that you're never gonna see you know what i mean unfortunately that's just the way it is and it could happen by chance like the rainbow chip cut we had we had a better one and and for whatever reason it was like a weaker of the two plants and then i just lost it the next couple of runs and she was gone forever bro but it was it was actually a better looking and smoking version you know what i mean Crazy. and that's the way it is yeah same with bubba kush when kenji told he said there was actually a better original bubba kush but we lost it and it died that's it so the bubba we all know is actually the b the the, the, the lesser version. of the yeah. bubba but it just that's shows it. you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's the way the game goes you know yeah and that's why i said like with the wendy i got lucky that was one bro there was only one pheno i didn't have to hunt it or like you know what i mean we literally had one thing that made it in the flower from that pack it was a single seed pack, um, a single seed pack of fem seeds. So it's wow. Yeah. And I only had one and that's what I ran and I ended up liking her. And that's that. Yeah. It's phenomenal. You know what I mean? Or maybe I'll hunt fucking two, three dozen seeds and not find anything. Uh -huh. Yeah. That happens a lot too. Yeah. That's what people don't get. I do have some, uh, I have some strawberry melt shake from, from purely Meltly, uh, seed company. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's strawberry milk shake. Uh, I'll have to look up the exact lineage on it, but uh, strawberry terp. But uh, I got like twenty five, I'd like twenty five phenos of that in flower right now, and uh, she threw some crazy. She's gonna dump hash, bro. I'm talking just fucking fucking guitar strings <laughs> off of like eight of them, bro. So that was dope. She got real big and nice too. Um, solid production. I plant. like that name, strawberry milk shake. Yeah, yeah, it's uh. I'm going to look up the, the cross. That is rosin. Cool. That sounds. Yeah, it's dope. It's super cool. Proper. Strawberry turps. Yeah. yeah. I'll show you guys some pictures of it too. They look gnarly. It threw big ass fucking donkeys too. Just fucking. <laughs> I have another one that's crazy in that room too. Um, under some LEDs and it was uh root beer times Panama red out of Michigan. And, uh, you know, super train wrecky, super hazy, fucking big dog. I'm talking eight foot tall and just stacked flower top to bottom like this big, you know? Crazy genetics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Monster, bro. And just reeking like train wreck dog, just like peppermint, you know? Ooh. Interesting. Yeah, and that's making a big comeback in the in the rosin scene as well, you know? It's that, cool. You know what wow. the beauty of it is? So we say some things don't make production because of for flower production. And oddly enough, a lot of things that you like to smoke in flower don't hash well. Um and then a lot of things you wouldn't smoke in flower do hash well. And it's cool that, that if something dumps hash, you can grow a certain variety just to make hash with. And the market will, will make it well received. And then it'll be a decent, uh, profitable plant for that next thing. You couldn't grow it as flower and, and make it profitable. It wouldn't be one that you would run with. But 
with this other this other market that that appreciates a different type of terp also as well right yeah because um, in the hash market you could really there's there's definitely like an ask for every seat there right because so many different profiles you can get from a dab you know as like you find that certain terp profiles work really well in flour you know we like candy we like gas we like cream you know what i mean and that's kind of like the og to cookies to gelato to sherb to to z to like yeah. everything that we're on that's all those waves and you notice yeah. that there can be a new reinterpretation of that, but that's what we all go back to. Smokes on a joint, smokes on a wood, smokes on a joint, smokes on a wood, <laughs> smokes out of a bong with the gas, right? But in hash, it's like papaya, fucking melon. You like the garlic. You like the gas. Strawberry you, you banana. appreciate the strawberry banana. Yep. You know what I mean? You showed somebody strawberry banana flower, like, you know, but in concentrate, you know, that would have been a winner for us at the shop, you know? Mm-hmm. But in flower version, ain't nobody gonna buy that shit, bro. It's mm. just it's not something that's pleasurable to smoke. Yeah. Most hash strains aren't. Yeah. It's rare that you find a hash strain that is a good flower smoke. Ice cream cake. There you go. Say I would say garlic cocktail. Garlic cocktail. But yeah. rare. We tried honey banana. It I don't looks mean like, crazy and like flour. bad ice cream cake. I mean like really good ice cream cake. Yeah. Because I could still go throw that cut in a room and give you a bag that looks better than everything in the game right now. And motherfuckers would be like, yeah, we'll take all of those. They might not call it ice cream cake, but that shit crushes, bro. Dumps hash, smokes good, beautiful, you know. It has a bunch of different names. I, yeah. never, I never really <laughs> liked the turt profile and flower. In, of the cake? cake? Yeah. It's flat. It's cakey. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's flat. It doesn't have the, the, like, the complexity of the gelato. But, but since it's gone now, if it got reintroduced to you in a good way, you would appreciate it still. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm I mean? sure the bags are still, yeah, it's right yeah. there with, you know, just like Runce is undeniable. Yeah. I mean, she's, she smokes way better than, than the cake does. You Absolutely. Know what I mean? Yeah. So but every like year version, if you ask me, the ice yeah. cream cake. Yeah. Let's talk about Athena, one of the number one nutrient companies in the world. Athena Nutrients. Blackleaf, tell them how you use IPM in your garden. Athena IPM, one of the best products out right now for IPM management. This product passed testing for legal facilities and is what is what I use in my garden. Blackleaf approved, Athena IPM. This product and all other products, athenaag.com. Go check them out. Appreciate you guys. Hello guys, Alex here, owner of Mango Tech Store. We are the house of Trollmaster. We are the house of ThinkRo. Whether you're growing commercially, growing at home, or growing in a tent, we got you. Come see us. We got the best pricing, best customer support. Nobody can beat us. Mango Tech. Like I said before, with the house of Trollmaster and with the house of ThinkRo, we got the new lifters in house. Order up. But there's every year there's or a year or two, right? Or three where there's like a two to three year window where there's a strain like a purple punch, like an ice cream cake, um, where it, it it's such a big wave GMO. that it's GMO that it takes over the whole market, all half the guys, and that the wave is so big it burns the strain out, even though the strain might be a great strain. Great strain. It's because it checks all the boxes. There you go. It hashes, it grows. She yields. You can outside, sell it inside. Checks all the boxes. Yeah. And then everybody wants it. You know what I mean? Yep. And if you can get one of those early, 
Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the key. That is the key. You know, man, that is the key. That's that's a that's a game right there. For one real. piece of one piece of game I'll give for all the all the kids that are gonna watch this and either are starting to cultivate somewhere else or have a small setup or something else is that it's always easier to create your own wave, mm. and that this this it'll be hard for you to jump on somebody else's wave and be successful in this business, you know? Um, and you might become a great cultivator and that'll be okay. And people will bring you their wave because they want you to cultivate it for them, but it's easier to create your own. So if you go in your own direction and make something unique, that's your own, then, then you can have your own space. And, uh, you know, trying to catch other people's waves is usually going to end in, You've been on the wrong side of it, you know, since this is a game of, of timelines. Wipe so, out. There you go. That's my, that's my two cents for the, for the, for the Utes. And it, they uh, don't understand about, how deep that is that you just dropped. Just to be honest, that's so well, deep. Talk about some game on how to create your own wave. <sighs> Find something you like and that you're passionate about in that, in that area, a, a avenue in a market, a certain skew, a certain, a certain uh, niche niche market or or a profile that you like in the plant and and just run with it you know i say be authentic to your true self because in any business i think that's always what's going to be best is when you're not trying to emulate something but when you're just trying to be who you want to be and we all take from other things because monkey see monkey do you know my favorite quote ever is is uh bad artist copy and great artist steal because from picasso because that's what it is bro you know what i mean and and I see something that sparks my imagination and I just Oh, that makes sense, you know? So inspiration has to come from somewhere. Exactly. And it's that's no that's flattery. Can, no bro. one can deny that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, the best. Yeah. You that's know? flattery. You know, imitation is flattery anyway. That's like good looking out. You know what I mean? And and Jordan came before Kobe, before, you know, that's just the the natural progression as humans. But uh there's a million ways to create your own wave here, bro. You could do a different type of uh, packaging on something that that's that. You could reinvent something. You could, you could hunt something different. Um, you know, you could use outside sources to create a wave. You know what I mean? And uh, and that's up to you. But it definitely is just like you know, I just say from a business standpoint, if you're gonna actually be in the cannabis business, you definitely want to be creating something of your own. Then then doing something else that you know everyone else is doing i mean you got to make ends meet no i'm not saying don't don't run lemon cherry because that's all anybody wants to buy right now but <laughs> you know i'm just saying that you'll seem to do better when you when you find something that is your own you know and you're at the beginning of it or in a group that that created it you know what i'm saying Absolutely. it's limited right off rip so you, you, you limit the production, meaning like with you having something, you can only get it through you. Yeah. So right now, if you don't, you know, even though, let's say even have a hundred lights, it's still only through this one guy. Yeah. So and that it, shit had to ramp up. Yeah. I could have took a year. There'd been a year of people waiting for it, building anticipation, you know? And for the guys who have two to four to six to 12 lights at a house or at a spot or their homie spot, whatever it is, that's damn near the, you're giving them the best advice you can get because focus in on you make it your own and create your own wave i mean bro that's the that's the recipe for success that was that was minimum 30 percent off top fellas <laughs> you know what i'm saying i just gave you 30 percent increase in business by telling you to go in your own direction bro because you're gonna be 
uh, uh, dealing with something no one else can get. No one else can get. You control. It's the market, come down right? to that. That's what it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah, bro. And Absolutely. and any any small business, fucking 30, 50, 100 percent markup is that's that's the difference between succeeding and growing and 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 staying where you're at or 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 failing. So that's my two cents on it for everybody else. You know what I mean? Damn. That, yeah, yeah. It's just a big difference, man. I mean, the industry is evolving and it's so crazy, bro. And and every time, what flavors did you bring today? Is it it's Wendy and what other, what other ones are you guys hunting right now? Um, what I brought was Wendy and Runts and some OZ Kush because that's what was in those bags. Ooh. Um, but uh, um, we got a whole bunch of sh- new shit coming, and then obviously we have the foreign line, so we run different stuff for foreign than we do for squints. But under the squints line right now, I have an OG coming called Valley Girl. I have Wendy, which is like um, a different, uh, you know, a different lemon cherry vibe. And then uh, it's different, but it's different. definitely different. Gas. And then uh, yeah, it's not just candy. It's it's different. Yeah, it it's different. Great, but it, but similar and enough, a close enough thing that that's my best way to describe it. And then uh, and then the squints bag is still the rainbow chip, which is like just a really solid. I like sure. the rainbow chip. It's a solid sure. It's not a really heavy high, but it's good for new smokers or people that got shit to do during the day and can't be like, you know, really medicated. And then it always tastes good. It doesn't matter. I could give you yeah. smalls that have been sitting for two months and you could crush them up and roll it up and be like, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> like that was better than half the jars that I just bought. You know what I mean? And it's like, the, she's just, a, she's a smoker, bro. She's a winner. Yeah. Shout um, out to exotic genetics, Mike. That's a, he, he's a badass breeder, man. It's a great he strain. He is uh I've met Mike once. I told him when I met him this too, but uh, he has some of the best flower producing gear as far as what I like as flower for growing of any breeder in the game. And, uh, you know, I can pop one pack of, of his shit femme and find a couple winners in it pretty much every time. There's been like one or two things that I've ever hunted from him that I didn't find something and I didn't hunt a lot of it. It was maybe a couple of packs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I said, no, nah, that's not the one. But pretty much everything else is solid. And I mean solid, like we've been running it for a while, solid. And it was it was a really good, it was a really good pickup for us. So yeah, he makes great flower. And uh my favorite in the game as far as breeding flower is, you know? Yeah, that's important to pick from the right guy. I mean, dude, you're about to spend a year, six months minimum hunting something, spending time on it. Talk about the difference between, uh, or, you know, how your partnership works with foreign genetics, you know, how'd you guys link up and how do you kind of balance everything or how's the setup? Um, cause shout out to foreign genetics. They're in the Olympics box. Mm-hmm. I know you're in the, the box. Uh, um, I, we just entered one. So, uh, I had, you were in the box prior though. Yeah. I was in the yeah. box prior. I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit, how that ended up happening too. Gross shouts to, um, the homies for making that happen. But, uh, so, me and the homies, um, we met through the shop. We met through Green Dragon and through uh, through that experience. And then um, we worked together there, obviously. They brought work and they were cultivating back then too. And uh, we were very familiar with each other. And then um, one of my common close friends ended up being roommates with one of the foreign guys. And then at some point, um, I was running a spot by myself and a shop and some other shit. And I just had a lot on my plate and I needed help. And, um, the opportunity presented itself for us to kind of them to come in and help me with some manpower on that spot. And, uh, 
from there organically uh you know this collab or what people think is a collab which is really like us just working together and then kind of these two brands during these last three four years have kind of took it on a life of their own and then um we just said well this obviously works you know what i mean like us as partners together and let's see where it takes us and where we can go with it you know what i mean so it's not like squints you know foreign genetics is running squints flower or you know what i mean it's kind of like we have a partnership now that like you know we're involved in everything and branding and direction and uh um what we think and where these things should go and uh you know my as much as i am hands on in cultivation and every other thing of like my thoughts on things um i'm i'm definitely the most heavy smoker of us so my ideas on like where the game's going and evolving and that type of shit is definitely it's definitely on me to curate for these things you know and and like i said this is a a small democracy but we all you know we all play our role and 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 do things well together true partnership yeah. that's awesome man. yeah and it and it happened naturally you know what i mean it, and uh so they've they've definitely helped me um you know become a better cultivator and business owner and uh definitely gave me the support system that i was lacking trying to do everything by myself because if i can if you let me carry the whole team i'll carry the whole fucking thing and just go to work every day by myself and it, you know i have the personality type where i'm like just get out of the way i'll do it myself and it's not the best for scaling a business obviously because you know there's only so much you can do by yourself it's not sustainable it isn't you know what i mean i'll try and ram myself ragged and that's kind of like i talk about that where what like i did to get into our partnership was i ran myself pretty much into the ground trying to do everything i can do everything but you can't do everything well and and i just there wasn't enough hours in the day and and it made me a uh you know barely squeaking by type of type of business you know what i mean but uh, yeah, it's great now. We have two great brands, Squints and Foreign Genetics, two totally different uh, looks on things. And, uh, you know, we have a shop opening in Pico Union, um, Pico in Vermont. It's going to be our first foreign Los Angeles store. It's a retail location. Um, obviously, you'll be able to go there and get all things Squints and Foreign Genetics. Um, and we're excited, bro. We're excited to, to really see what these brands are, you know, firsthand. Yeah. Because direct to consumer. Yeah, I got my education obviously was retail um, to speed things up in this business. So it'll be cool to get back into retail and uh, really firsthand see what works or not. Because mm -hmm. I always can work off of that. And like right now I can see, but I'm removed from it still. But to actually touch people, you know what I mean? Be able to put something into production from nine months and actually firsthand hand it to somebody in the mass and and then see how they feel about it that's that's invaluable it's going to connect me back with my with my customer and my fan and then and then really be able to grow from there so that's exciting there's an exchanger that starts to happen where you can play this game where you're like we're going to do a limited release of something we're hunting we're going to do this like you start to give access to those people that really mess with your brand heavy where you can do cool stuff for them and go above and beyond now which is cool stuff for you like pheno hunting and letting them decide yeah you know putting a few new strains out and only doing a small batch for the store because you can because like some stores would be like oh we don't want a half pound of each strain 
it's too much or it's, you know, but you're like, we do what we want. We know yeah. our customer base. It's awesome, bro. Yeah, it's great. So we're excited about that. So yeah, Pico, Pico Union Asheria, Pico in Vermont. When um, will it be open? So we passed our final inspection. So, you know, tentatively in the next month and a half to two months, I would say. I don't want to say too too early, but we'll definitely be posting on social and uh, we'd like to have you guys come down for the grand opening party. Um, oh, yeah. Once we get situated, obviously, um, if you guys are around and available. Um, and then uh, Za Olympics this weekend. Yep. Uh, we're in the box. Sherblato. Yeah, the Sherblato. Shit was smoking. Yeah. So uh, shit was smoking. I knew when I smelled it, to be honest with you. So everybody thought I was going to run with Wendy in the box because Wendy's my favorite and I called her Wendy. So but that was in the second box, correct? Um, first. The first box was Rainbow Chip. So this That's is the way that was. went down. I would have rather had Wendy in the first box as well. So um, I get a call one day from Joe from LA Family Farms. And he says, Chauncey, I have you on the line with my buddy Brian from Green Wolf. Somebody just backed out of the Olympics, And I had brought you up and told him that he should have the Wendy in the Olympics box. And I said, oh, hell yeah, bro. We're, that's super dope. Thank you, Joe. I mean, uh, you know what I mean? It was a big yeah. opportunity for us. And then uh, Brian let me know that uh, because somebody had backed out, this thing was already like progressed really far along and we needed something in metric to deliver this entry in, in three days. So, Ooh, wow. I went back to the spot and I said, well, we're going to package this rainbow chip straight up. And, uh, that was the best, yeah. best we had at the time to put in the box. And we said, fuck it. We'll put the rainbow chip in the squints packaging and we'll run it in the box and see how it does. And, uh, I think we ended up taking, it was good. I yeah. remember trying. Smokes. Rainbow Chip always good. smokes. She's she's full broke. That wasn't the best run of her. She's been much better before. That was just what we had. And and you know three day notice. Yeah, three day notice. And most growers wouldn't be able to do that. Wouldn't even be like, I don't got anything. I mean, it even more complicates it because this is a recreational thing and it's mm -hmm. on metric and it had to be packaged a certain way in two gram entry. So it's it was, you know, but I was yeah. gonna make sure that I went and hand packaged it myself to make sure that we got an entry in in, in the next three days. You know what I mean? Cause I thought it was a, a good opportunity for us to put something in the box. And yep. so we did, you know, um, and it got third place, best tasting, which is like, fuck it. Cool. You know, yep. in my um, opinion, like that's number tasting. one. That's the Testing. best factor. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Cause I'm a smoker and I yeah. smoke for taste as well. So, yeah. so that is to me, it's like the best thing to place in hundred percent. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's podium. Fuck it. We'll take it. And then I thought that was that. And I was like, cool, whatever. And then, uh, Sean Cron was asking me what we were going to enter in the finals. And I said, what finals? So we didn't win nothing. I said, he said, no, no, man, just if you place, like you get to go on. And I was like, for real? So I hit up, I hit up Green Wolf and they were like, yeah, man, you get to enter something else. So now we'll get to the, the Sherblato story. So, uh, Sherblato was, uh, gifted to us by our friend, Ryan, um, TCB genetics. Um, He's another Valley cultivator that just crushes it and, and does his thing. And it's, uh, something that he bred, which is, a is a sunset 41, you know? Um, and it's a one-off cause nobody else has it, but us. And, <laughs> uh, it's a really good sunset 41. And, um, she checks all the boxes, bro. She smokes, she's beautiful. She gets color. And, uh, she's what I think of as like what people say. So it's the Olympics. Mm -hmm. That is Zawi, bro. That is that fucking, that's what Zah is, bro. That's what everybody wants when they think of Zah. They want that fucking Sunset 41. You get the Sherb and the Gelato and it, it, it checks all the boxes. That's the one, you know? Um, 
So I took her up on the hill to Ego Clash. Shouts to all the third gen fam and uh, Moonshine Melts out there, the big homie Brandon. Um, before COVID, I had met him at Ego Clash. Somebody took me with him. For those that don't know what Ego Clash is, Ego Clash is a, is a competition up in Mendocino County on this beautiful property that uh, Wendy uh, owns, um, this woman from Mendocino County. She's cool as shit. Wait, uh, her name's Wendy? Her name is Wendy. That's funny. I didn't think about that. Yeah, it's a crazy coincidence. Yeah, Yo, so Wendy, Wendy owns this property. Brought you some Wendy. She's cool as fuck, bro. Um, <laughs> she has this beautiful, this beautiful property winery, and this is where they hold Ego Clash. Ego Clash is an invitation only. Um, you have to be invited. Yeah, we still never got our invite, man. That's um, crazy. Three, three, four categories, and this is the thing: when you come, there's no branding. You have to bring what it is. So I'll, I'll go through That's the it. entries. Mm-hmm. So he used to have BHO. He's not doing BHO anymore. It's full melt, it's rosin, and it's flour. Damn. Right? Mm-hmm. And you get invited for a certain entry. Flour. And, uh, and you go, and all of the flour, I think we had 33 people or something, or something like around that, that, that amount. 33 of us went. We took a two-ounce two ball glass jar. Mm-hmm. You come with your entry in a ball glass jar, no sticker. You bring one side package for the tunnel where they do the award ceremony so people can see the entries. And then you guys collectively as entrants go into a room together and you guys smoke every single one. And then you vote right after you smoke it, right? You look at it, you see it, you see the jar, same jar. Everybody sees the same jar. Everybody looks at it and there's no, there's no names on it. So it's numbered. That's it. It's a blind Love taste it. test, bro. Oh. And, and the best, the best sense of the word. So if you guys plan on all the heady hash boys, if y'all can't go up on the hill and smoke fucking 32 hashes, don't show up, bro, because you got to smoke every single one of them. And that's you have to vote on it yourself. So you get invited to come and you sit there with all the big dogs in the hash world and full melt or rosin, whatever category, and you smoke every single entry and you vote on it after you smoke it. So it's the true mm-hmm. champion of champions. You, know, you have to be invited by the culture. But then you got to go up on the hill and bring your entry and, and judge it yourself and see what's up. So. I went with Sherblato. That was the best, the best thing out of a room that we had at the time. We took it up on the hill and we ended up taking third place flower ego clash with the Sherblato. And, wow. and to be honest, I thought that it was, it was the winner in my personal opinion. And then shouts to, to, to Valley B from 365 Canada. He ended up winning actually mm. um, with this wedding pie. And then uh, the other homie that, that was up there. Uh, is this flower? Is flower in, the, in my category. Got it. And then the, the cat that got second was uh, Weeds for the People up in, uh, up in Washington. I think yeah. And uh, they the won homie. second place with Shit's Fire. He's cool as hell, too. Yeah, bro. Great guys. Um, Great guys. Um, and then fourth place was Wonder Brett with his pink Picasso right behind us. But, uh, you know, there was all the big dogs were in that competition. Somebody yeah. had a jar in it if they weren't there personally themselves. So, Everything that you see packaged right now was probably there. And we took third place with the Sherblato on a blind taste test. So when we got the opportunity for the championship round as Olympics, everybody's like, you're going to enter the Wendy, huh? You're going to enter the Wendy. It's fucking fire. You know, you should do, do that one. And I, and I decided that I wanted to, uh, one, give my partners an opportunity um, to put that brand on display as well. And also because I feel like it's a competition strain. That's what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I, I might like smoking Wendy better, but but it doesn't check all of the boxes in the sense of how it's presented, how it looks, and how these things are judged. And I think Sherblato, when I think of Zah, that's what I think of is, you know, Sunset 41, bro. What what created fucking exotics, you know, is that fucking 
connect the designer weed, bro, is that fucking shit, you know? Yeah. So I said, fuck it, let's run the Sherblato. So we'll see how it goes. You guys did the review on it, obviously. You told me you liked Loved that, it. Loved so. it. Fire. Yeah, it was I my like top it. three. People, yeah, pe- people love it, bro. Yeah. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. yeah, it was. I thought it was absolutely beautiful, bro. I We kept going back to it. I, I kept talking about when we were passing it back and forth. I was like, between the joint, you could. It's just like immediate flavor. It's solid, bro. Solid. It's yeah. gassy. It works. It gets you high. It's, it does. You know, it does everything. Of, Looks good in the bag. That's those things, you know. It's like right when I right when I smelled it, I knew I was like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna smoke good right here. It's one of those ones you really don't want to pass. That's yeah. when I know. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, hey, oh, I'm like thinking about when I'm gonna pass it. Like. <laughs> How many more times am I going to hit it? Once you give it to somebody else, it doesn't come back and have the same flavor profile that it had before. And everybody around could be like really real smokers. Yeah. But you just know it's not the same. Mm Because if I just enjoy this to myself and it's like only my terps on its terps, then it's like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? For lack of a better word. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Sitting by this guy and he, you know, he's smoking something that, you know, was whatever. Trading it back and forth, you know, to speed up the process with that. And, uh. You could tell when I was like just thinking in my head, like, damn, I want to keep hitting this one. Yeah, I want to. I don't want to grab that one right now. I already know it. That's what's cool about smoking. the Zaw Olympics box, though, is that if you instead of doing it by yourself and just going through, because I guess see some people just smoking through. It's like you have friends over and you do it. You can almost like because now we're rolling three, two, three joints, and you can really tell who's smoking and who's not. That's it's dope. not just one yeah. after another. It's like you pass it back and forth, yeah. and you're like, yo, this one's crushing that one. It's a really great, um, um, Brian and the guys at Green Wolf did a great job. It's a great collection of brands. It's, uh, it's, it's really good marketing. And, um, and it's really cool because it's the first rec competition um, to actually have that vibe where a, a real recreational smoker can go in and buy a competition box and really do it. Obviously, High Times has done it with the judges' kits previously. This is a cool, hip way to do it. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously we were very thankful brands. to be there. Biggest brands in the game, bro. That's yeah. murderer's row of the fucking California mm-hmm. fucking market, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pretty much. And there's a couple missing for whatever reason, but it, that's it, bro. You got yep. Connected, Alien Labs. It has everybody, bro. That's, yeah. that's creme de la creme of the fucking California things. And we just got lucky to, to you know, shouts to Jeff. Yeah, for Shouts real. Shout out to Joe from LA Family Farms, man. dog. Yeah, you I was might about not to say know it, big dog Joe. Know, I'll homie a bottle he, of champagne for sure. <laughs> so do I. Yeah. So do I. The you amount of favors saying? that he's done for me and that he's yeah. continuing to do right now. I mean, he's the person who's helped me with our rec build out. And he was like, yeah, I got you. And he's showing up for multiple meetings like to Damn. to be at the meeting to be like no I, I would do this and help the guy is the most one of the most solid guys in this whole industry he's a cool motherfucker I've ever he's met. a lead dude and the first time we met we just hit it off and talked about growing for about two hours at a dinner one night up in up in uh, uh santa rosa for for hall of flowers i think it was and uh yeah he's solid as fuck he knows his shit and right away we clicked because we had like a five minute conversation we broke and we both knew that each other got it and then it just made us go like light speed on the back and forth ping pong of what we thought and how we like this and that. So it's cool. And then also, uh, you know, they got a solid, solid brand. Um, they put out really good flour, really good hash, really good products. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Joe's. Yeah, man. Yeah. So dedicated his life to cannabis. He's yeah. one of the guys where he's taken any other career he's had that was very successful in construction and GC oh, yeah, and yeah. all this. And that's what and I was going like, say. I'm going to do cannabis for a guy that builds rooms. So I'll tell you another story about when before we I had met Joe, 
about me on Instagram to Joe that is fucking <laughs> hilarious because it's such clown shoes. But it uh, it makes you know that that you got the right dude making the calls because when I first seen that dude's uh uh rooms, he had done something with the return of his ACs, and we had just built a big ass fifty light room that had um that had um ACs on the roof and had dropped in dropped in cooling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so uh the 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 units weren't inside the rooms anymore so it had a different flow to it and the returns were on the roof right for ours that was returning into the ac the drops and the returns were on the roof and in his rooms i noticed that he had the returns on the bottom under the table and i was like fuck as soon as i seen it i said damn we fucked up and i'm sending a fucking instagram message to my partner of joe's returns in the thing but you know if you're commenting on somebody else's shit, the message will go to the original sender. So I, I did it like five <laughs> times to different people and I'm just sending Joe's picture and the message back to Joe of, fuck, we fucked up. We should have done the returns like this. <laughs> Holy shit. Joe's a nice so Joe guy. Joe's actually like... getting the messages like, like, you know, which is like, it's flattering. Obviously yeah. he knows that he did something really well. But what I say is that the guy knows his shit, bro. Cause immediately there was like three things that I saw in his rooms was like, God damn it, I would have done that differently had I have seen mm-hmm. this already. You know what I mean? Because it just clicked and made sense, you know? So Smart. yeah, that was an interesting wow. little Instagram, Tales of the tales of the DMs, you know? Straight I up. took a picture of the exact same thing. You did, right? Yeah. See, yeah. see, as a cultivator, when the you exact- see a genius idea, you're like, oh, that was fucking genius, bro. Where I'm like, why would the, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you don't mind? He's like, nope. And I'm like, all right. I'm like, yeah, we need to, we need to do that. This makes yeah. sense. He's great, Pull air man. off the floor and put it back up, you know? Yeah. Simple things, simple things. But yeah, he's a great, great, great all around cannabis entrepreneur. Well, that's what the cannabis community really is, is it's this connection that a lot of these guys have. It's not these people think it's like, oh, no, it's this negative thing that it's like, no, there there is a, a community within a community. And that's that's the real cannabis community. And we get to end it with the Olympics party. Like, I mean, that's the best thing is like we haven't had get togethers for how long. And now all of us get to have a fun party get together. Yeah, it's going to be great because, you know, everybody will be in the house pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see my boy Drew from Green Dog up in SAC. He hit me. So you're going to be at the Olympics. I've been getting those messages and it's cool, bro. It's cool for the actual culture to come together. And like, here's something. So the other day, uh. Drew Green Dog, they own the outpost up in Santa Rosa, which is a great little store. It was their year anniversary. And like a bunch of a bunch of big names in the industry came through. Doja was there, fucking preferred gardens, uh uh a lot of the homies and it and uh Ted from Alien Labs. Like you can see that like you wouldn't expect big name guys from, you mm-hmm. know, obviously Drew's a big dog in the game too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But still to see somebody go to a one year anniversary just to, to show, you know, respect for this person's store and these big, these big appearances is like, that's the real culture, bro. And we do it because it's an opportunity for us to come together and like even grow more. And Mm -hmm. and there's not many businesses that are like that. You're not going to fucking have the owner of Dr. Pepper coming with the owner of fucking Pepsi to fucking, they might go to a convention or something together, but they ain't going to like, fucking to dr pepper's store to celebrate the grand opening of it that definitely ain't gonna happen you know what i mean they're, yeah. they're competing brands it's and in this space we can we can compete alongside of each other and still you know Win. find a common a common a common ground you know mm-hmm. that's the best part so the olympics party june 11th i'm excited to see how we ended up and to see uh 
everybody and uh you know just be happy to be there that is the best part about the community it's going to be a dope party they do it right you know compared to a lot of cannabis events or parties or whatever they do it like a celebration yeah which is how it should be mm. um so yeah i've never been be to the wisdom either so i'm excited for that i heard it's a cool venue i'm not downtown sure. it's real yeah. different looking yeah yeah I haven't been at night when it's all set up, but I'm just driving by during the day. You can kind of tell, like, you know, they got the little domes and stuff, you know? I mean, I just think it's dope to, like, obviously, this, this, we are part of a cultural thing. And when you take the, like, the ability to, like, enjoy the proceeds of the culture of, like, Mm -hmm. the actual flower and us testing out new shit and everybody coming with a backpack of new strains, like, that's the cool part, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you see Joe from LA family farm, Joe got a backpack dog. Yeah. He got a backpack <laughs> with jars. Joe and George. Yeah, bro. Of like new shit. Pull up and on fucking, you quick. And, and hash holes and hash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they gift you big jars too. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Shout yeah, out to yeah, you guys, yeah. man. And that's like, you know, all the crews. Yeah. Yeah, bro. That's dope. It's yeah. cool to come with the backpack and be like, check this out. Check yeah. this out. You know, some Especially of those growers from- don't get out of the garden. That's their first time in three, four months. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a full time job. You know, mm-hmm. people got other things going on in their life. It's 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 tough. It so is. These are these are really good opportunities for us to grow as a culture. And I just happy to be included in it. You know, how's it how do you balance family life with like cultivation and now like this rec business? Is it a difficult balance? I just don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If it's not the kids and the wife mm-hmm. and, and that that's day, day in, day out life, work, kids, life. And then if I can find, like I told you, I just went and played a poker tournament. Mm-hmm. I went to Vegas for like four days and, and I had to stay there an extra day cause I made day two of the tournament. So that by myself, my wife's pregnant right now. It was like the last chance to get away probably where I'm not going to be able to do like, if there's not actual, like I'm doing a sandlot appearance or something that is actual, I have to go to, then, then I'm just at home with them or taking them on a trip or doing something with them. You know? Yeah. There's no other balance. You can't, um, but, but you, you can't have a personal life as well. You know, you that make, is my personal life. You make balance with taking a trip, doing things like that. Correct. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah, it's cause that shit is, uh, you know, that has a time limit on it as well. Like everything else, you know what I mean? And uh, I only get, you know, you only get that age range of that that child for that moment, and then it's gone forever. Mm. And uh, unless you experience it firsthand, you know, you don't you don't get to go back to it. So you have to make time if you wanna if you wanna experience that. You know, yeah, absolutely, great way to look at it. Talk about like you know your connection with the Sandlot brand and and keep you know what have you done to like you know. That's it's it's crazy that it's still involved and there's Next still year's things the 30th going on. Anniversary, so that's insane. Huge. Yeah, I just got hit up uh, by somebody that we're probably gonna end up going to Wrigley and throwing out the first pitch and doing seventh inning stat. Awesome. I've never been to Wrigley either. That's dope. Um, and uh, so somebody just mentioned that to me, and I know like Fox always planned shit around that time because it's a good opportunity for them too. They did on the 20th and the 25th anniversary. We did really cool like major league baseball tours for those those milestones and uh. That's really cool shit, bro. It's like just things that you don't ever get to experience or have happen. So, yeah, I look forward to it and, I, and that people still enjoy that and like embrace it. How many baseball players, professional, do they, do they, they love it too. I, yeah, I mean, every I one of them that they yeah, grew up on even, that. I, it's crazy. You could I think probably we're, I think any we're of in them the up. Hall of Fame, dog. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. literally, I think there's 
if we're not directly in, I think there's like Sandlot. I think it's sitting on the shelf in the Hall of Baseball Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? Wow. We definitely have like a whole thing in like in the Louisville Slugger Museum and shit. But I think we're actually in Cooperstown too. And I'm sure it'll get like, you know, inducted into the Hall of Fame. Mm. It's incredible, bro. Like yeah. How lucky and fortunate to be attached to something like that, you know? We talk about that a little bit more in uh, episode 12. Yeah. How you kind of got it, got involved in that role and everything. Mm-hmm. What like what kind of evolved from that and like with acting and then what did you like when was it you decided like you know what i'm not gonna like i don't want to act uh i guess when like i mean realistically i made a transition from like my mind going from acting to cannabis realistically in real time you know Mm. or into just like acting was a hustle in itself you know what I mean? In a business you, that I built didn't as fully a childhood. Enjoy it? I don't like the business of of entertainments per se as a like a go-to business. I love the oppor- opportunities that it presents, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But it's not something acting wasn't something that I wanted to grind out forever. And look, bro, I did that shit for I did it for 20 something years, bro. That's a if career. I live to a hundred, that's one fifth of a lifetime. That's a career. Yeah. I got two pensions from SAG. You know what I'm saying? Like two 10 year pensions. So yeah, I put in time as a child. I just started hella early. You know what I'm saying? And then, uh, and then it was definitely tough. I mean, cause that you were transition. a child actor. Yeah. And then I, mean, totally I, mean, I worked different. into an adult too, you know, I, I, mean, I, I worked into my twenties. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine really working at those ages and you're getting worked. Like, Oh yeah. yeah talk yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. like well, I, know I definitely it's not had a way this... different childhood than most people ever had. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It wasn't no school. I didn't go to school. Okay. Um, realistically, you know, yeah, I went to high school for six months, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I went to Chatsworth for half of my 10th grade year, the year before I had homeschool and I was working all the time. And then after that, I got like, went to some school in Hollywood that gives actor kids GED diplomas basically so that they can go work, work as an adult. Because once the change happens in entertainment, this is what happens. You work as a kid and then once you're like 16, 17 years old and they can get a dude that's an adult to play you. You don't work no more because they're not going to send a kid and his guardian and a teacher when they're shooting in things. That's just too much money, bro. Unless it's a fucking big hit and it, and it makes sense for them. Right. To, but any run of the mill child actor, they're going to hit a plateau and stop working because if you can't go on set by yourself and you can't be your own legal guardian, they're not going to spend three times the money for you. They're just not going to do it. It doesn't fit into the business side of things unless it's some like, like I said, you know, super celebrity mm-hmm. instances you know what i mean so right. i uh got that so i can continue to work and i continued working so i was out of school but um yeah i was just in and out i never really had a school experience because i was constantly being pulled in or pulled out and you do like you're supposed to do school on set for three hours a day but who fucking knows you know what i mean yeah. i mean in homeschool i mean i'm smart dog don't get me wrong i'm I'm book smart too um but i'd be knocking out like months worth of work in like in a few hours you know what i'm saying like when I was in homeschool in junior high and high school, like literally I could finish a fucking yearbook in, in, in a month and a half, probably realistically doing lesson plans all the way through, you know? So I'm nobody's there with me, but I, I technically have finished that, you know? So yeah. I didn't have a regular, like there wasn't no proms. There wasn't no like regular milestones of a childhood's life. You know, it's probably relief kind of when you made that transition, it was kind of like, put that behind you and now it's was it more like an like you felt more authentic or more of like a realistic like 
I see this as tangible or like, how, how was that like transitioning from, it was my reality. You okay. know what I mean? But, uh, I don't know if I would like recommend it. You know what I mean? It's like tough. I don't acting, acting happened to me. You know what I mean? And I'm not even going to say my mom made this happen. This was like certain things lined up in certain places. And that's mm. my life path, bro. I came yeah. over here and ended up in a different, a whole different world. And, you know, thank God, obviously, cause I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't, you know, I was born in Pittsburgh and then we moved to Dallas and then I started acting there and came out to Cali for a pilot season when I was a kid and just never left. <laughs> but who fucking knows where I would be if I had stayed in Texas right. or ended up back in the Northeast somewhere, my life would be completely different. You know what I mean? So, but I don't, I wouldn't take my kids to go, to go work. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. So in the same return, if my kids come to me and that's what they're interested in mm -hmm. and that's what they want to do, then I will help them in the best of my power to, to fulfill their, their life goal. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I wouldn't throw them in the water, so to speak, just out of my own, like, this is a business. Cause I seen, I seen what it does, you know? Yeah. You know, it has, it had effects, long lasting effects on everybody around me and my family. Cause I was a business and then mm -hmm. it took other people, their jobs to manage this business. That was me or my career basically, you know what I'm saying? And it all had an effect on all that, you know? My mother spent a good, a good portion, 10 years or, or 15 years of, of, you know, more or less managing my career, making sure I had to get to where I'm going. Well, that took a big ass block out of her life where when her kids were gone, she didn't really, you know, she didn't keep managing other actors. So that was like a big moment for her where well, what I do now, because this is what I was doing. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. So it's a, it's definitely, it, uh, you know, it has its pros and its cons like anything else in life. That was my reality. I don't know. But I think it's the best reality for other people. What, what was the scene like if you weren't going to high school and all that shit and you're, you know, you're acting, you're in LA at this point. I mean, I'm, I've been on my own since I was, since I could, I had a fucking Harley at 15 and a half garage driving around on auditions myself. Couldn't tell you much, huh? <laughs> Nobody could tell me shit dog, ever in my entire life. What are you going to tell me? Yeah. yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you got, I mean, at this point, you're yeah. out here in LA, you got influence, you got, you, you know, yeah. and it was smaller back then because there was no social media. So the good part about right. that was, is that obviously I would have made a shit ton more money probably if there was, but yeah. at the same time, it was still pure. Because yeah, yeah, even yeah. though the industry kids hung out in the industry shit, I mean, unless you were somewhere where paparazzi, which wasn't much of at that time, it was still like teen beat type of days and like real magazines and editorials. So Stories had to be sold to them basically anyway. So that was all real, you know, PR shit, you know, the, 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 it's all paid for the, yeah. the real world, uh, reality television thing hadn't happened yet. So it's different, but yeah, we just ran around and did what we want, drinking, smoking cigarettes, uh, you know, living life, going on auditions when we did working when we did, everybody went in their own direction. You know, you can see how people fell off the cliff because there's nobody stopping you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's not like anybody really knows what's going on when there's no social media. And now if like one mm -hmm. of these reality kids that fucking is a big fucking multi-million dollar machine, that shit ain't going to happen to them. They're going to grab him. Yeah. And be like, nah. you know, just enough to make it profitable. <laughs> but come back. We're going to lose the horse now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. We don't need to be waking up to that headline. Um, yeah, for real. So it's different. But, uh, it was cool, bro. I got to go do my own thing and experience. And then that's where I found out that, you know, acting wasn't, wasn't for me. That's not what I was passionate about. Once again, it happened to me by chance. 
Somebody saw me somewhere. I was with my cousin, my girl cousin, my aunt Karen. She was taking my girl cousin to some fucking talent agency in Dallas. And I was some little fucking, some little white boy with a fucking mullet with like hair down to my ass probably and, and cowboy boots running around. And they were like, damn, that kid's cute as fuck. We need to send him out on shit. And they talked my parents into it. And eventually, and I just started booking everything you could do in Texas. Damn. And then we met some agent from LA and she was like, you need to come out for a pilot season and came out and started booking shit here. And just, that was it off to the races. You know, you still got any like actor homies and shit. Um, people from the the scene. And I the know industry. a lot of people, bro, but I don't really, you don't, don't keep really up with them. Out. I mean, we live yeah. two different, totally different worlds. Yeah, now, I right? saw you go on the podcast though, with the other guy from Sandlot, the, the one that you're friends with. with oh, the, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, was yeah, a Patrick, cool podcast, bro. Yeah. Guys that I've worked with, obviously the Sandlot guys, because yeah. we still work together and Absolutely. have a different type of bond. Business. But uh anybody that's in my age range or like within 10 years of mm -hmm. me up and down, I've probably worked with them or knew them personally or or did something with them. So yeah, I know a lot of cats. They would know me. It's not like, you know, if I seen Seth Rogan tomorrow, I was like, it's Chauncey, he'd be like, Chauncey. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, you know what yeah. I mean? It just we when you work with someone, you have that experience, you know? No, it's um, dope. Yeah, so it's cool. But I'd we just live different lives though. Cannabis is yeah. it's its own machine. You know what I mean? And I've always been like pretty far out there. So actors never really wanted to fuck with me. I think yeah. Seth Rogen actually mentions it on like the behind the scenes of like, uh, the, the freaks and geeks, like DVD box set. I think he does commentary on it too. So there's like a version where you can turn on the commentary. And when I come on screen, uh, somebody told me about it. He's like, yeah, man, Chauncey. Uh, I ran into him at a strip club one day and he's like, <laughs> something about, yeah, man, Chauncey. Basically, Chauncey's a real one. He's like, uh, maybe we should just stop talking about this. And he just like <laughs> moves on to something else on the box commentary. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, like uh, when we were doing Freaks and Geeks, um, Seth Rogen and, and Martin Starr and those cats, they like, they were smoking already. Mm. But they were smoking like I think they had told me what they they had bought like a, a QP a swag like some some seeded weed you know some stress yeah. wow. this is still back in the days you know and I was like I was already on chronic mm -hmm. you know probably like I was like here bro you can just buy twenties of chronic for me fucking yeah. I got a nice ass green bud you know triple yeah. A's fucking hash plants and juicy fruits and shit I was already in motion bro and that was like I was still acting and shit that's um, funny as hell. So, on yeah. set so you're hooking them <laughs> yeah, up yeah so i got high before what? shooting that show one time i had yeah. bought this brand new bubbler bro from this fucking from this smoke shop this is a funny story right so i lived in i we had bought a house in palmdale i lived in palmdale at the time and we were shooting freaks and geeks at i forget what high school it was in the valley but it was some of the school stuff and uh i had this type r integra at the time um that i would race around in and shit and uh I drove down. I had bought this brand new fucking bubbler, fucking fat ass bubbler dog, like a, a big old, like, you know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. a big old L, right? You know, fat ass bubbler. And I was like, so I had an early call time, but I didn't have to shoot till like 12. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just go to makeup and then they'll, I'll get a burrito from the fucking truck and shit. And I'm gonna have time to go chill in my trailer afterwards before we even get, get on set. Right. And I was like, I got down there early and I smoked a fat ass bowl before like, this is before like Transpo is even there. Like Teamsters haven't even shut up the drop off trailers and shit. And I finally go and I get, and I walk up to the thing and I'm like walking up to the fucking, to the food truck to like go order and shit. <laughs> and she's like, Chauncey, oh good. You're glad you're here. We got to get you right in the makeup. We moved you up. And I was like, oh. so I'm fucking lit dog. Like, like they put me in this fucking makeup chair 
and it's just bright as fuck and all the makeup and hair and everybody's doing their thing and it's all vibrant and i started having a panic attack bro and i was like oh shit this isn't gonna go well (laughs) holy fuck luckily i was able to get some food in me and then and then uh it wasn't it was kind of like a little a little you know pump fake but uh yeah, it was one of those moments where I was like, ah, I shouldn't have done this. Lost control of the wheel. Lost control of the wheel, bro. That bubble was a bad spinning choice. Out. <laughs> oh, Started yeah. spinning out. Can you imagine there's in there's like all these people on shit's set. moving. You're oh. like, yeah, it was a lot of moving parts. You know what I mean? There's a lot yeah. going on on that. And it, and it's a, it was like, you know, it was an NBC show and we we're shooting. It was a big fucking show, bro. I mean, you ever see people smoke on it? Was smoking like a common thing on set? No. It isn't right. That's why I wouldn't think so either. Smoking wasn't a common thing anywhere at that at that point. You know what I mean? You know, a little bit here and there. If you were like walking Venice Beach or like, you still felt like you were doing something. If you were like smoking a joint, you were like huddling in like a circle with your homeboys while one of them hit the pipe out in public places. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Mm -hmm. super low pro, and then holding it in and like ripping it up in the air at the beach. So you didn't. It was still frowned upon, super frowned upon, you know? Yeah. Might have been going on a little bit in L.A., but nobody was openly blazing like we see now, like where you just smell weed in the streets. It wasn't like that. Weed was trash back then anyway, so it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Less people want to try it. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about the L.A. market is, is that uh, we've seen production of indoor become a thing and take off with OG. The bad thing is, is that the guys up north, the culture was already there up in the hills and very little of that culture made it down mm. all the way to here then. Like I'm sure there was people running up the hill to bring packs down. It's a disconnect. Yeah. But there was a big disconnect between the regular market, West Stress, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mexican brick and then the Canadian stuff. And that was that. And every now and then somebody might have a homegrown or somebody might have had a sack that came from somewhere else. But it was very, very limited. You know what I mean? Yeah. The purple didn't Crazy. come around till much after that, even, you know, so it was like it was a very, very disconnect. So we started on bullshit. I started smoking bullshit. We seed popping, talking graphics, bongs, fucking some nasty shit, metal pipes, cans, apples, whatever the fuck we could get our hands on, bro. Crazy. <laughs> the beginnings. <laughs> the beginnings. People don't think about that when they think California, though. We've had we've heard that from multiple people that like, yeah, it was all the same everywhere almost at that yeah, time. Those early periods. years. Yeah. Certain period of time. Yeah, we didn't have a line to the hill, not in L.A. Not, I mean, I was a kid, so, but I doubt there was even much of it. Like, that market hadn't even presented itself yet, you know? Um, yeah. Now the OG's coming back. Yeah, the OG's now, coming back. You know what I'm now. saying? Good 10-year wave. That's what they say. OG, uh, see. <laughs> OG will always come back because OG is a, that shit works, bro. I mean, it's a staple. Every it works. time, you know what I'm saying? It's a staple, it's, yeah. Uh, it went it's away. It's not for but, every uh, smoker, though. No, it's it's too strong for most smokers. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's very she's very tweaky, bro. She can go over that hill real fast on you and just be like panic attack. OG makes me pinball, so I get productive and I can run around and do a million things. Some people can't fuck with it. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not of sound mind, she ain't the one, doggy. She'll have you talking to yourself somewhere else, questioning your life. You know what I mean? It's more of a trip like that. You know what I'm saying? Where you're like over there in deep thought and you're like, Cody, you okay? Mm -hmm. And you're like, uh huh. <laughs> you might be rethinking like a five shit. a five year fucking window right here on repeat. Bro, I'll shit. never yeah. forget one time we were in um London and I was on an empty stomach. Yeah. And my boy had some crazy OG. I think Russian Assassin Boy. Yeah. Shout out to the Russian, Russian Assassin fire. Um fat ass joint. Smoked it, then went in a cab to go get food. That cab ride the whole time just driving on the other side of the road, like we were spinning around. 
cab was packed. I was just like, holy shit. Spun. I shouldn't up. have smoked that shit. <laughs> yeah, empty stomach. Bad. Empty stomach. Like, yeah. In the back. I was of going the cab. through it. I was going through oh, it for yeah, sure. Bro, she's a. OG's rough. OG's yeah, OG's particular. And, and very and hard to grow. Nightcap. It's perfect. Medicated. You know. Yeah. And if somebody even, has even real pain management, stuff people, like that. Some people mm-hmm. busting it down, mixing it with some Z. Shit That's like dope. that. You yeah. can kind of. For yeah, pain yeah. management, yeah. though, like he's saying, yeah, it's one of the best things. It. It's going to do know. its job every time. Yeah. That's you know? why that Prezi will give people panic attacks. You know, the like, reason that the reason that the people are running in the dispensary and asking for the cheapest price and the highest THC percentage. It's because OG. And OG ain't really that one, but that's what they're really after is OG. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They're after they go in because they want something that they think works every time. And it's going to be the most cost cost efficient, you know, and it didn't used to be like that, but, but that's what they're after actually is something that no matter who you get it from, I'd rather be smoking bullshit OG from somebody than good something else from somebody else most of the time. And, and, you know, that's how she became the market is that like, it was solid all the way through, you know, a little different representation of it. She yeah. just, she works, she does her job, you know, tastes cool, smokes good. She's strong as fuck. Can't beat it. Be good to see some good bat, you know, see some good batches coming in again. Yeah. I mean, it's what you're going to see is that like all of the really good cultivators. Yeah. You've you seen see like a few some brands that popped up, but yeah. they're super like small. What you don't see is like all the big dogs that are, that can really fuck up some OG that stopped running OG kind of, you know? Yeah. I they mean, haven't started again. Well, you, ask me. you know, like, like Cure Company Originals, like they've always, right. they've and, held and it down. JG, for they've always kept Absolutely. it down and had, had kept it multiple alive. different OG. At the marathon That's OG. what they do, yeah. all of that shit. We you have the I mean? church cut. You ever heard yeah. of the church OG? Yeah. Uh-huh. The church is like a famous OG cut. Yeah. We have that at the Diamond Mine. And then we also have PR, Private Reserve. Yeah. But uh-huh. like, those are like coveted cuts. And yeah, now yeah, they're yeah. starting to, they're getting sold to the rec market. But like, Surge, like a bunch of people are hearing like, oh, church is available for clone. Yeah, and yeah. coming, because it's like, it's a traditional, OG crazy gas OG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy right now. Yeah. But you They'll can see the demand. Where you're going to appreciate them again, where you're like, because, yo, our shop was known for just having jars, bro. We just, we didn't need nothing else. I had like two flavors on the shelf, bro. You get a couple sativas. You're going to get Blue Dream. This is LA. If you had a good shop, you're going to get Blue Dream, Jack, Green Crack, maybe a Sour Diesel if somebody had one decent enough, maybe some off-brand weirdo sativa that just was really nice, J1. Um, And then you're going to get, you know. OG. Yeah, like 10, 10, 15 jars of some fire-ass OG and all different Mm -hmm. different versions of it, you know. And I might have a cookies, maybe two, maybe a purple, maybe a glue. That was pretty much it, bro. You know what I mean? That was the lineup. And really, people were coming because, yo, you got eight good jars of OG. Yep. Quarter of that, 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 out the door. You know what I mean? And uh, the cool part about it is that I think because of the cultivation methods and because before Monkey See, Monkey Do, like before we could see what everybody else was doing, we all had our own little secret sauce, mm-hmm. our own little secret recipe, our own little fucking technique or thing that we did differently. And what it made was it made the same strain throw multiple different expressions. And so every one of those OGs on the shelf, they were all different. Bro. Mm-hmm. One was sweeter. One was more gassy. One crowned a little bit. And there's not as much of slide in genetics because there was only a few cuts that were running around anyway. And uh, they might have just been an off-brand version of each other, which is, you know, a branch of a branch. That's Josh D's story. You know what I'm saying? Um, so 
the actual cultivation method was causing these things to shift. And, and hopefully that comes back in, uh, I think it's, I think it is with the quality of things now is that like everybody's quality focused and what you'll find is those little differences will come back and play in the market because they actually do matter. You know what I mean? Like does running cocoa with this nutrient line with this lighting makes a different flower than running salt with rock wool with this lighting or, or vice versa, you know? Yep. And then people get to do regenerative gardening and KNF and you get to do permaculture and you get to do all these crazy soil techniques where you're literally pulling the leaves and letting them grow and decompose into the soil. And I love people doing that because then now you get to try that. You get to try this and be like, is this better? I just paid 1600 an ounce for this. Is it better than this $400 ounce that was hydroponically great? You know, and you get to, as a consumer, you get to pick. Yeah. I mean, you won't on the rec market. That was never before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that shit ain't gonna pass testing. Yeah, see, that's what's funny. <laughs> see, and that's what's funny is that it's like, there you go. And that's another discussion to be had. For, yeah, that I shit mean, ain't gonna dude, pass testing. That's a crazy. It doesn't pass microbe real. I mean, see, you're just entering microbes into the fucking, yeah. that's the whole thing. You know, it's like a biodegradable method of farming. That shit ain't gonna, that shit ain't gonna hit the shelf most times. Not productively. It's just, yep. can't be done. Even the big, a lot of the big cocoa guys run Rockwell now because. That shit be hit or miss, bro. Cocoa passes, fails for heavy metals, and fails for microbial sometimes by itself. Coming from the manufacturer, it was nothing wow. you did. Brew you just teas. popped the whole fucking room. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And it, it might, you know, obviously, I don't think the testing needs to be as strict as it is. You know? Agreed. I mean, fucking Marlboro fails every test known to man. Guaranteed. You know yeah. what I mean? And I'm not saying that people should go out and smoke cigarettes. It's obviously a fucking a poisonous product, even though I have been known to partake. Uh, <laughs> but the strictest testing ever is for cannabis for cannabis the most We're strictest so regulated it's crazy that and pharmaceuticals maybe yeah. which yeah. is cool fuck it overregulated. it'll just make us get better mm -hmm. you know what i mean and then when the rains get pulled back you know it's actually made us grow because a lot of the old things that we used to do we don't have to do anymore once we figured out how to use the list and not use pesticides or fungicides fuck bro my life got way easier now there's a little bit of a learning curve but now that we know uh, we were fucking up so I'm a big fan of big ag into the game too, because I've seen it firsthand that it's changed everything. You know what I mean? And I, and I, now I'm open to it more so than we were coming from, you know, brewing our own witches brew batches mm -hmm. and fucking trash cans to hand water to plants. Like we, we come from, you know, uh, I'm all for the big ag stuff because obviously, you know, it's easy to see. They have to control they're going about this all wrong. Yeah. Well, they're like trying to control 50 <laughs> acres of squash. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we're getting PM. And you're like, well, how do they deal with it? They're like micronized sulfur. <clears throat> and you're like, huh? We never even heard of that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like these small techniques that happen that big ag uses that saves gardeners like us instead of what people were telling us the wrong shit or they're giving us stuff that's like, like he's saying recipes. Oh, I got a recipe for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus like, what is this huge garden growing stuff that people are eating? What do they use? You know, it's such a big difference. But it, I mean, night and day. But you're right. The cool part is, is that, is that somebody, there is a marketplace now where somebody can actually take the time to do a regenerative soil or to do an indoor soil bedroom. And to give you another look, because soil, you know, when soil flower is done well, you're going to be hard pressed to find some more terpy soil flower. You know what I mean? 710 Labs is a great one to go to for that. They do that one room that they release once in a while. That's their like, uh, you know, soil room. It's pretty cool to try. It's great know? flower. Yeah. I mean, look, like, you know, most of the best hash comes from 
that shit's sun grown, bro. Something different in that that makes makes a different kind of hash than indoor will ever make. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh just part of the fucking coming from the soil, bro. It's real, that's real life. You know what I mean? We can try to emulate that as much as possible, but like the earth is the earth, bro. This is that's the motherland, you know what I mean? Anything coming from that in certain certain little microclimates is just gonna be you can't you can't, you know, you can't recreate like southern humble Mendocino County climate in certain like valleys and moisture barriers mm-hmm. and things that happen up there. Like so this greenhouse and outdoor cannabis is as good as anything in the world because of this certain microclimate. And uh you'd be hard pressed to find better tasting weed. You know what I'm saying? And it just happens there. Indoor, we have to maneuver a little bit differently because, you know, there's certain things that you can't recreate. Yeah. Do you have uh, aspirations to really get into the hash market now? I hear you kind of talking about it a little bit. Um, you guys thinking about doing something? I mean, we have a type, we have a type six. So we make yeah. hash at the spot. Uh, I'm, it's not my lane. Okay. I'll probably have hash on the market and mm-hmm. different skews with hash and there'll be collabs from other people to wash them. Um, um, you know, it's a good idea. I don't think I'm gonna spend much time in a cold room, bro. Yeah. It's, it's just no. not what I do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I cultivate, I'm going to stay where I stay and somebody else will handle that, you know? And I'd love to, uh, I'd love to bring different hash makers through our spot and do like one-off batch, like private brews with, with certain people, you know what I mean? Which is cool. Like you, them coming and doing like a really mm-hmm. dope, like, you know, you know, single old school wash in a fucking, in a can, you know, and doing certain little collabs like that. That's dope. That'd be yeah. dope. Yeah. Um, I mean, I come from the BHL market, so we were, we we're used to like real oil. So that's more what I know, you know. What's a cool thing too with Foreign Man is a lot of people don't know is you guys hire real cultivators like Mel from Green Dragon. I saw mm-hmm. is over there now. Yeah, and yeah. like I see you guys pick up these guys that are known as like, oh, that guy's a real grower. He knows what he's doing. And then I see him link up with you guys. This yeah. is like the second one now in a row where I've watched a real grower leave somewhere and then go link up with you guys. And I'm like, damn, they they know how to grab talent. Well, once again, it's just a Manny thing because we're Green Dragon number two, basically. So everybody kind of filters out and ends up back, back with the other side of the other side of the coin. You know what I mean? So that's closely being linked to that okay. those those crews and things. You know what I mean? But okay. uh, but yeah, they all call hit up Chauncey. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Melvin's great, bro. That like you know, and like I said, it's a blessing to like have people looking to to something didn't work out somewhere else and looking to switch teams with us mm-hmm. and we know talent and we know that obviously if they come from the dragon or from that pool that they they're with the program we already know that they're with the program that we come from basically so mm-hmm. it'd be an easy fit you know what i mean that's dope yeah um yeah mel's doing great he's uh he's pretty much like completely overseeing our uh our rec spot in van Nuys. so um you know we're there like yeah. monitoring everything obviously and, and and pointing in directions but he's definitely turning the knobs day to day i just love the collaboration because yeah. most people they just hire a guy for eight dollars an hour it's like no you guys i, I just watch talent come to you and i'm like man they just they know that people like it's like a magnet for talent yeah. you know it's like yeah, yeah there's yeah. another guy that's a great grower boom there's another now the team's it's like a transformer it's cool right and i think just, that like uh it's a blessing to be somewhere that somebody looks forward to going to build something with. Right. So it's like, 
it's not being a so established company that talent doesn't really want to go there because there is no upward mobility mm. and you know that it's a dead end type of thing, right? So you're going to be under this brand and whether people know or not, but with us, we're still in a place where talent sees that there's a big opportunity for, you know, movement. And, you know, I think that for some smaller cultivators that are really good at their craft, don't be mm. afraid to hook up with the, Mm-hmm. connected or like one of these people that can give you a really big opportunity because whether people know it or not in life um a lot of people think that there's you know if you go above them in my experience if you go above and beyond at whatever you do then like you know what do they say the man that does more than what he's paid for soon gets paid for more than what he does right because you take pride in whatever it is and like when i was running manny's company i treated that shit like it was mine and that was every decision was made off of me thinking about not only like letting Manny down, but also how I would feel that like, this is a representation of myself now that I'm attached to, you know, and we would want somebody that's coming to work every day, knowing that like you're representing the company now mm-hmm. and, and it's a big deal, bro. Like, you know, and it's cool that they want to come and, and put that suit on and then head out the door and try to, and try to do great things. So yeah, we're, we're yeah. appreciative. Yeah. Mel's been crushing it. It's been a, a blessing. Anytime you can get a guy that's good. Yeah. You know, people always think that we as humans think that people don't want us to succeed, you know? And it's something I learned from acting that like the actors are always trying to get past the casting director. You're always trying to get the producers, always trying to get the directors, always trying to get past the doorman, right? <laughs> the entry level. In reality, we have it all fucked up because the doorman is just trying to fill a seat. And he hopes every time that somebody walks in the door that you're that motherfucker. It's one less thing to do. All right, cool. We found that. Let's move on down the line because they're just trying to fill a seat, right? Mm-hmm. But ment- mentally, we think that they're the problem or they're the one in the way when it's really our greatest asset, you know? So it, it, it's cool that, you know, people should always go in with an open heart and know that if we feel like that you can take on this role and exceed it to the better than what we can do ourselves, great, bro. Next. I'm on some other mm-hmm. shit and I don't even have to worry about it. That shit's on fucking float now and I'm going to the next thing, right? Because as business management, our time is just limited to what we can put in front of us. And I don't mm-hmm. want to have to put that in front of me if I could be doing something else, you know? Damn. So, I love yeah, that, bro. Kids got to keep an open mind, you know? Yeah. And really, have, and really have like, you know, I started in this business as a butt tender. Burner started in this business as a butt tender if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Totally agree. Yep. Bro. The bud tender has the first billion dollar brand, the first real staple in the business, bro. The bud tender. You know what I'm saying? He's the one on the floor mm-hmm. seeing all the plays. And that's what it is, bro. Anybody in the country can go get a bud tender position. Just know that empires have been built from behind the counter, bro. When it's all said and done, our brands, and we win awards and we do this, I can go sit behind Manny's counter and tell him that, yo, I did all this shit from right there right where you're standing right now literally you know what i mean play by play so you know just get in there and fucking pour your heart out and you'll do well it's powerful this is wide open for everybody you know what i mean mad game yeah that is any last shout outs bro um you know shouts to my partners uh big up zolympics um all the homies everybody knows who they are appreciate you guys i love this platform and what you guys do and uh um you know, foreign LA coming soon, you know, and then just our socials will keep you up to date with what we got going on. Looking forward to hearing from everybody and uh, 
you know, just happy to be here, dog. Where do they find you? Uh, at Squints, just spelled the regular way, S-Q-U-I-N-T-S, um, on Instagram, and then uh, at Foreign Genetics um, for the other brand. And, uh, you know, if you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, pay attention. Up. Go by the release of the new store. I see you posting pictures here and there. Yeah. It's insane. It's the shops. You dope. guys went all out. Yeah, shops dope. So all we got out. uh we got we got somebody putting dope ass artwork in there. The homie Eddie. Um, he's gonna have dope ass art on the walls. Um, it's the foreign branded shop, so it's clean as a whistle because mm-hmm. you know my boys, they do just solid fucking clean stuff. It's uh, it's it's high end, bro. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm excited to get back in there and and really uh you know, direct to, to patient, be able to, to tell our story and give our brand. Also, uh, from the earth, our homies, um, Jason and Kintu down there in Santa Ana. We also have a permanent pop-up in their store, um, from the earth in Santa Ana. So if you're in the OC area and you want to get a little piece of the foreign or the squints lifestyle, we have a, we have like a little shop built there so that you can see our branding and our merch. And, uh, also a video that's playing in the background about ourselves and stuff and about, you know, some, some like visionary type uh, stuff. So definitely go in there, ask them for some merch. If you, if you guys grab some ACE and uh, that's a good, good home base for us as well. You can go there and get the Wendy. Yeah. Wendy will be there. Um, They keep us, we, we keep them stocks. That's only, we have an exclusive with them in Santa Ana. So the only Santa Ana shop that you can go get it at. And then, uh, you know, we're other places in the state. Um, San Diego, uh, we're working on more northern distribution to get like SAC and uh and San Francisco situated. I definitely want to hit every market, Central Valley as well, you know. Um, I know we're in all the cookies retail stores, so La Mesa, Burners Merced, um, Hayward, uh Stockton. Is it Stockton? No, it's uh uh Barstow. No. Redding? I think there's one in Stockton. There's one in Reading. Reading, no, but what's their other store? Is it um Burners Merced and then uh Oh shit. Well, I know there's hate. He's got so yeah, many at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's yeah, wild. Yeah. Yeah. But so that just shows you go in. What about the Sherblado? Was that just did you do a release of that or no? Is that just yeah, the that's, Olympics? That's so that'll be like our regular staple strain from Fire. from foreign going forward for now. Um uh we have tons of rooms of it coming. And I kinda uh you know decided that we should um you know for the for the public market outside of our store, we should definitely do a couple things really well, and and sure, Blotto's a winner, bro, and she'll be a staple mm-hmm. in the foreign genetics line for the foreseeable future for sure. Love that. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. You know, I took it up the hill for a reason, bro. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna go up on the hill with Big Dog and fucking bring a jar of something that I wasn't happy with, and I said, "That's the one." You know what I mean? And you know, she we ended up podium, so it's cool. Well, you know, it's smoking. It's definitely smoking. I'll definitely. Uh, we got to get you guys on the hill next year for Ego Clash for sure, you know? Would love He does that. it in Spain as well, but like coming up to Mendocino. Different and, experience. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's cold and uh, it's Northern Cal in the fucking winter. That shit's unforgiving. It's a long day, but it's a fucking beautiful experience. And it's something that you guys should definitely um, be involved in and document because it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, there's nothing like it for the culture really. And, uh, Blind taste test, bro. Like, I like that. That's awesome. I like that part a lot. Put your nuts on the table, Holmes. That's what it is. Yeah. You got to come from wherever you come from, doing whatever you do, and bring your fucking jar, dog. (laughs) Probably the rawest format of a competition in existence for cannabis, for sure. Of course, bro. Because we know that, and you can't do that with everything. 
No. But with cannabis, it's the perfect way to say, nah, bro, this shit was just a random jar. Only yeah. one that knew what your entry was was you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know when yeah. my jar comes it's a around. Number. But nobody else does. Yeah, not so even nobody else knows. There's no connection to it. It's just you get that. to hear them. You get to hear people smoking your stuff and oh, trying it out. Know. And and they you might see it and know based off the look, but now you get and to these aren't, you know, these think aren't about just that. anybody's. Yeah. These are the creme de la creme invitation. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some missing pieces of like big dogs in the game, but for the most part, these are all very well established, respected culturally brands, you know? Mm-hmm. And our culture is unforgiving, bro. It doesn't care. You can't buy this. You can try. You know, you, you can try to attach things to certain sauce. But at the end of the game, we know what it is when we sit down and talk to each other, bro. Mm-hmm. How long does it take you for, to figure out if somebody really is in the business or not? That's why me and Joe from, from LA Family Farm set it off so quick. It's because we're like, ah, pointing at each other like <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, this fool actually grows weed. Cool. Now we can chop it up, you know? Absolutely. Um, I'll Shit, quit man. ranting. My bad. No, nah, we could do this all day. It. You killed it, man. We uh, knew you would. Yeah. Appreciate you coming through for real. Thank you for having me. Um, shouts to everybody. Uh, appreciate the first smoke of the day family and uh, all the smokers out there. Thank you. And, uh, you know, keep it, keep it lit. You already know, man. True game from Squints, episode 50, first smoke of the day. We're out. Peace. What's up? I want to take a second to talk about Grow Generation, the largest hydroponic retailer in the country, over 60 stores nationwide. Go to growgeneration.com and enter in the code first smoke. Become a part of the family. Let's go where the pros go to grow. Hey, calling all breeders and growers to the world's largest online seed bank, neptuneseedbank.com. Check out this. I got goodies from all the best breeders in the market. To go here and change your game in your garden, go to NeptuneSeedBank.com. You can get Blackleaf and you can get all the best breeders in the game. NeptuneSeedBank.com, first smoke of the day sent you. Yo, welcome to the Diamond Mine, the DiamondMine.LA, California source for boutique genetics, powered by yours truly, Blackleaf. And you know what that means? That means I'm bringing my best genetics into this. I'm bringing stuff I've been hiding, harboring away, stuff I haven't wanted to let out. We're bringing all that into the diamondmine.la and we're gonna offer that to California. Go on our website, hit the newsletter and see if you could rock with us. Get on board with some of our genetics and change your garden. The diamondmine.la powered by Blackleaf. We're here holding Power SI, and we want to talk a little bit about what this can do for your garden. It's a game-changing product I use in my garden. Foliar, res feeds, I recommend it to all growers. This is a game-changer. Go to Power SI and enter in the code FIRSTSMOKE to get a discount. Yo, we're right here at TLC Collective, home of the Jungle Boys, where they've been playing with fire since 2006, right here in Los Angeles, California. It's at Jungle Boys on all social media, jungleboys.com, and if you want to see for yourself, come right here to TLC Collective, man. Let's check it out.